This week on the Steam Machine Podcast. So there's a demon in the apartment building, right? He's just chilling. He's always there. And then all of a sudden, a poltergeist shows up and says, Yo, I'm the evil here. I'm going to live here. And the guy says, Wait a minute. You mean to tell me you're an evil that lives here? I'm a resident evil too. Cue the music. Hey everybody. <laughs> hey everybody and welcome back to the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton and joining me as always are the Destructo Bros. Hey, what's up? It's Nate, everybody. How's it going? I'm Willie. Those are two perfect reactions to that. Like Nate laughed and Willie rubbed his face so hard it almost fell off. Like, <laughs> I couldn't have asked for more. Gentlemen, how are you doing this week? Oh, man, pretty good, pretty good. Like, I've looked today to see how many hours I had put into um, Tears of the Kingdom now. I'm at 95 hours into Tears of the Kingdom, and I've only beaten two of the main temples. Like, I'm just milking this game for all that it's worth. So, like, I definitely got my $70 worth, I'll tell you that much. Like, For sure. I can relate, though. When I played Breath of the Wild... I had beaten one guardian at 80 hours. Yeah. <laughs> and Dude, and the, Tears of the Kingdom is even bigger than Breath of the Wild. So, like, it's just wild. I'm loving it so much. And, like, I am starting to get to where, like, all right, maybe I should do some more story stuff. Like, I have also gotten the Master Sword and stuff back already as well. Sweet. But, yeah, I mean, it's just so good. Uh, highly recommend it to anybody that even remotely enjoyed Breath of the Wild. Um, other than that, as far as video game stuff goes this week, um, just today, which is when we're recording, it is June 14th for Brawlhalla. They released cross progression or cross play. Well, no cross progression ish. So cross inventory, cross inventory. So anything that I bought on the switch, I can now use on steam. Oh shit. That was your big thing, right? That was, was my, mm-hmm, cause yeah. I'd spent a lot of money on the switch version and now like all that stuff is available to me on steam. So I just, started playing it on steam today and like god it feels so much better because like xbox controller is far superior to a nintendo switch pro controller oh yeah yeah dude just like and, and that's nothing against the, the pro controller because they did a good design with it but like mm. xbox just a <laughs> little fatter fits in your hand a little mm-hmm. better you know i'm a big hand boy and like and the sticks work better on an xbox controller yeah <laughs> yeah that too they don't drift and mm-hmm. all of that jazz yeah, so um, I've been really happy with that. It's like that's really all I've got for this week, though. Just video games are good and fun, and people should enjoy them. Oh yeah, I I always love that. Like since I don't play Brawlhalla, but I get a free skin every month from Twitch Prime. I'm always like, hey Willie, boom, here's, here's your monthly Brawlhalla skin, and whatever else it gives you, enjoy. Yeah, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. It sometimes gives you like a free emote or a free uh, skin in addition to like I don't know other cool stuff. It's like it's pretty neat, and like it always makes me like extra happy when you're like fuck yeah this is one i've been wanting 
And I'm like, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I got the uh, Super Saiyan skin or the Super Saiyan emote recently, so that's pretty cool. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. What about you, Will? What you been up to, my good sir? Man, I've been so busy. My new job, you know, it's been really kind of what my whole schedule's been going around. I've been dealing with a lot of car trouble again for the last couple of weeks, too. So, I don't know. I don't have a lot of fun personal stories this week, I'm afraid to say. That's fair. But at least the car is working now, right? Yeah. I mean, it started the last several times, so that's <laughs> nice. That's a plus. That's a plus. I still, every time I turn the key, I'm like, don't fuck me. Um, well, I got accused of drinking alcohol today at work. <laughs> oh, nice. So, we... uh. I started carrying liquid death and I had never tried it. So I bought two of the uh, non-carbonated ones because I was like, uh, you know, sparkling water and me have a weird relationship. I don't mind sparkling water if I can take a squirt of Mio and put it in there. Just give it a little flavor. It doesn't have to be super flavor. It doesn't have to be sweet. Just a little something to make it taste like something. <laughs> yeah. But cracking open that can, I took a sip of it and Kayla come up to me and she is like, what is that? What are you doing? And I'm like, this is water. And she's like, really? Let me try it. So I handed it to her and she takes a sip of it and she looks at me and I said, it's fucking weird, isn't it? She's like, <laughs> yes. I said, everything in your brain tells you you're about to have a sip of a beer or a Coke or something. No, it's just straight water. And she's like, she takes it again. She takes another sip of it and she just goes, oh, that's fucking weird and hands it back to me and walks away. <laughs> but yeah, later on, a customer apparently went and said that uh, one of the employees was look, looked to be drinking on the job and they had to tell her like, oh no, he's drinking. That's water in that can. It really is. We sell it. <laughs> Gotta yeah, love like, it. They have a lot of stuff and like I've, I've been enjoying their um, Armless Palmer lately, which is their Arnold Palmer take, which I mentioned this to Willie earlier. It's really stupid because I could buy an Arizona Arnold Palmer, which is even bigger for 99 cents. But <laughs> yeah. But the liquid death, come on. Their Where marketing is way too good. Yeah. Um, it's a different flavor. The Arnold Palmer from Arizona is way sweeter than the one from Liquid Death. And I've been having this weird like aversion lately. Like if I drink something that's too sweet, it just bugs me. I don't know if it's because I've been drinking diet soda for so long now, but yeah, um, definitely. Uh, I, I got these. We had these energy drinks that were Rain. I think they're called R E I G N. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and we had some that were on sale, like discounted, for, like thirty cents a can. So I bought a <laughs> bunch of them. Well, the ones that I bought were uh, orange creamsicle and white gummy bear. And I didn't even look at the, but by the way, white gummy bear, if it wasn't as goddamn sweet as it is, would be delicious. But it <laughs> tastes like carbonated sugar syrup. <laughs> like, yeah. like they just melted gummy bears and then carbonated it. Um, yeah, for it was, a long time there, I, I used to like energy drinks a lot and I couldn't handle them anymore because like they were so sweet, the monsters. And then they started doing the sugar free ones and I liked the monster whites for a while. But I was like, man, I do not need to be drinking this much energy drink. So I cut it out. <laughs> I do like the white monsters. I try not to drink them as often anymore. But those white monsters. I did have a couple of them today, actually. They're refreshing. <laughs> the boomer juice. They're good, but they're not good. <laughs> yeah. I was like, the other day I was talking about how I'm trying to cut back on drinking soda, like Coke and things like that. So I've been trying to drink these, which is like carbonated water with a little fruit flavoring. Yeah. Mm, nice. Nice. And uh, yeah, nice. The <laughs> brand's called 69, everybody. It's just why we're all <laughs> No, the brand's actually, it's Walgreens brand. Nice. It's like they, they, they don't even know. They could just 
do so much marketing with that. But, but, uh, I was at Brandy's house and I was telling her, I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to cut back on drinking soda. I drink a lot of soda. And she's like, well, I'm not going to judge you. Like, how much do you drink a day? And I went, I don't know, like four to six cans, depending on how much caffeine I need. I said, sometimes maybe a little more. And she just goes, okay, I'm judging you a little bit. That's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I just do it for caffeine. I was like, I'm really like, not like, ooh, yum soda. I'm just like, give me energy. See, I do it because I love the taste of Diet Dr. Pepper, so I drink two to four a day. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Mm, I love me some Diet Dr. Pepper, bro. Carbonated cough medicine, get it in my gullet. (laughs) So good. Um, Let's see, what else? Uh, I've been pounding through Black Desert Online season. Um, They they do a thing, you know, where it's like every few months they'll do a season, and it's a couple months long. You guys know the the drill with, like, uh, battle passes and things like that, but this one... They have the you know the free version and the premium, which I guess they probably all do. Now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> um, but I got my character uh, Mariana. She was one of the new classes. I can't remember. There was like a twin class, and I took the one that used like the fan as a weapon, and uh, I got her to level 56. And then I used this item called a timepiece, which allowed me to transfer that character to another character that was under level 25, but that character kept its level. Huh. So I essentially got another level 56 character for nothing so i made a barbarian or i call him a barbarian i think he's actually is that what he's it doesn't matter what he's actually called who fucking cares it's the character he's actually a cleric i'm just really weird about it it's the character that nate would play (laughs) because he's big he's beefy and he he dual wields two big axes that's me yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i've been having a blast with that uh the new expansion released that uh when you hear this episode after we do this section actually uh, before we get into the actual game talk i'm going to cut in the news that we released early on patreon uh for the summer games fest and all that you're going to hear me mention a black desert online expansion this is why i brought this up i thought that the expansion cost 40 dollars. i was wrong it's free um if you want to pay for the premium edition that comes with like a mount and a skin and some pearls to spend and things like that in the store that's what's 40 dollars on steam so that's just Uh, my bad it's quick correction Other than that, I've been playing a shitload, shitload of Resident Evil games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I saw not only did you finish this one, you uh, you definitely got around to the uh, party a little bit. Yeah, just to, to quickly run through it. Um, <clears throat> and I'll give my, my main feelings on two later, of course. But like this might give away how I felt about it. So I played through two. And then I played through three remake. Then I loaded up the original Resident Evil remake that came out for, I think, the GameCube and then was ported to PC. I yep. played that some. Um, I would love for us to go back to that sometime, but, dude, the controls are so different. Yeah, there, <laughs> there's a reason I decided to start us with two. Yeah. Uh, and then I went to four, and I played some of four, and I really liked four, but I think I'd rather play the remake of four because I think it would uh, smooth a couple things out. You know, yeah. one being the fucking FOV. Yeah. Can't wait to Resident Evil Kiwami 4. <laughs> <laughs> um, God damn, that's funny. Biohazard Kiwami. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the two opposite. Like a biohazard. <laughs> like a biohazard. That's great. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then I, I uh, went 
and I, I installed seven and I started seven again and I decided I'm not going to play through seven again because I don't remember a lot about it. I'm going to pick that <clears throat> at some point and toss us in and be like, okay, guys, here's first person Resident Evil because it's a yeah. whole different a whole different ball game as far Bro, I feel like for Halloween this year, seven or Village would be a great pick. Yeah, dude. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I concur, my good sir. Um, then there was a sale, <laughs> and I, I didn't get Village. I couldn't afford Village. If Village is still on sale, I might buy that motherfucker tonight. Now that I'm got paid, but <laughs> Resident Evil Five and Resident Evil Six were on sale. Um, for like five ninety nine, six ninety nine a piece, and I know Resident Evil Five is very much like a multiplayer thing if you want to do it. But Resident Evil Six, um, let me let me pull up our our chat here where the questions are and stuff because I I want to show you guys just without prompting or anything. Resident Evil Six logo. I'm gonna send you their lo- the re- logo for Resident Evil Six. And I just wanted to. I just want to ask you what you look think it looks like. And everyone listening probably already knows this. Y'all might even already know this. <laughs> <laughs> because everyone online says that this logo right here looks like a giraffe getting its dick sucked by something. <laughs> I have never been able to unsee that. So That's really like, funny. <laughs> Anytime I see Resident I definitely see the giraffe. That's Jeffrey the giraffe. <laughs> Getting blown by Metapod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like in the negative spell. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but just, uh, but yeah, I got Resident Evil 5 and 6. So now technically I just need to get Village and I'll own all of the mainline games. Except Code Veronica. That's not on Steam, but I guess that's technically canon. And then I don't know what the fuck. I've heard Resident Evil Zero is good, but it was released in like episodes. Oh, really? And then Resident Evil Zero Two is also released in episodes. You can buy Resident Evil what Zero about, One. Oh, what? What about Resident Evil Three Hundred Seventy Five Over Two Days? <laughs> <laughs> well, they they took that one and they just made it into a series of cutscenes, like a movie that kind of just tells the story. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do have Resident Evil and Zero. And Village is in it. It's weird. <laughs> I have a lot of Resident Evil games on Steam. <laughs> um, oh yeah, but dude, I just I didn't realize that I was a big Resident Evil fan, but apparently I am. Um, so on our end, let's leave a little silence here, and then on your end, listeners, you guys are going to get tossed into some gaming news, and then we'll catch you on the other side of that for some Resident Evil Two remake talk. Hey, everybody. Welcome back, if this is the beginning of the episode, and if not, then I I guess also welcome back, because there was a short little break there. Um, Either way, this is the Steam Machine Podcast, and my name is Dalton, joining me right now are the Destructo Bros. What's up, everybody? It's Nate. Hey, it's Willie. How you doing? And I have recruited these two, because there has been a bunch of game news that has come out over the past week, and a lot of it I couldn't talk about on the JRPG report. (laughs) <laughs> and I, wa- I wanted to like get it out there because I'm like, man, there's so much stuff coming out that I'm looking forward to. And who better to talk about it with than my gaming buds? So, boys. Hell yeah. My question to you, where would you like to start? Would you like to start with Summer Games Fest, Xbox Showcase, or the PC Gaming Show? 
Go chronologically, baby. Wherever right. the first one that they happened, we'll talk so, about it first. The first, the first one that I watched was the Summer Games Fest, and uh, <clears throat> not in particularly any order of the games that were shown, but uh, I figured we could talk about some here. The big one being the one that closed out the show, and that being uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which is the part two of the remake series. Big thing that jumped out to me about this, first and foremost, is that they made a point to say that this game is going to be on two discs. Mm. And that's pretty ridiculous for a PS5 game. So I'm thinking, how much are they going to put into this thing? Yeah, that does seem pretty wild, though, like going back to those eras of having multiple discs per video game. Like, I imagine most people are going to play this in a digital format anyway, but like... Just thinking about the two-disc formats or three-discs like we had with the original Final Fantasy VII, it's kind of interesting and neat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's big nostalgia just hearing that a concept, you know? Yeah, and not only that, the the ending of the trailer where it showed Sephiroth and he was doing his little monologue, and then he, it was that scene in the, I believe it was the Nibelheim reactor, where Tifa's running up after him and he slices her with a sword and she falls down the stairs. Sephiroth goes... You know, you know, I killed her. So who is she? And that's how it ends. And that leaves you with the question because there's been these whole things that, like, uh, with the way rebirth or the way remake happened, which I haven't played, but I know this because of fan culture, things are different. Hmm. Certain things didn't happen that are supposed to happen. So they're saying in this one, a certain character might not die. And another one might, or maybe in this world, another one died instead, And but they're actually here. So they actually like imply know. alternate reality um, Final Fantasy Seven. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, not to spoil too much from the remake or whatever, but there are like these, these creatures that are trying to keep the timeline in check, hmm. but hmm. they deviate. And... Yeah, like like I believe in rebirth, like Zach is alive and still around. So I didn't pay too close of attention to Final Fantasy remake, honestly, because I was like, meh. But that's actually kind of interesting. They're actually throwing some different direction into it. Yeah, um, from what I heard was like remake was to hit the nostalgia points and things like that. And of course, the game's going to have that throughout it. But they were like, after this point, this is almost like a new story. Because there's just so much stuff that they're gonna change and delve into. It just it seems very very interesting. It makes me want to actually play a remake, like just to kind of prep myself for. I'd be more interested in playing Rebirth, you know, than just being in Midgar for the entire game of the God, first one. But, yeah. <laughs> um. Apparently, they did flesh it out and they made it like worth playing because people freaking loved it. <laughs> but. Rebirth with the watching them and the trailer run through the big open fields and things like that, and the ch- knowing the Chocobo farm still going to be there, which implies that they'll have Knights of the Round, which will look super cool. And and think about this: that scene uh, where you walk up on that that area where Sephiroth had already been, and that big snake creature's heads just on that pike, that would look so cool rendered in PS5, just big massive thing. Did Sephiroth do this? Sephiroth do this? They have to. I hope they leave that in. Me too. <laughs> like, my goodness, I hope they leave that in. But yeah, absolutely. I'm actually hyped for that. 
even if I never actually play the first part of remake and I just like watch a retrospective on it or a review, I would like to play Rebirth. Um, one of the other big ones that jumped out to me, gentlemen, was Spooder Dude Two. <laughs> right. So Spider Man Two. So this is the sequel to the one we played for the show, the Spider Man Remastered. Yes. And it's actually also a sequel to Spider-Man and Miles Morales. Oh, excellent. So both of them are coming together in one game. Because uh, both of them are playable in Spider-Man 2, as far as I saw in the trailer. Now, the trailer that they showed that I watched, I don't remember if it was Summer Games Fest or if that was during the, uh, I think that was the Sony thing last week or whatever. But in any case, it was like 10 minutes long. And it showed the main antagonist, going to be Craven the Hunter, which I'm like, hell yeah. And he looks just like Elias from WWE, and you cannot tell me differently. <laughs> well, the thing about that trailer that I thought was so interesting is, like, for the first, like, two or three minutes of it, it was like, is this a Spider-Man game? Because, like, it didn't get even really imply the Spider-Man part of it until a little bit later. So, like, if you weren't immediately aware that was Craven the Hunter, you were probably sitting there wondering, what is this game for a hot minute? Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. And when he when he said that, like, I thought you were going to find me a challenge. And he's like, we think we found the new hunting ground. And he pulls up that screen and it starts shows New York and starts popping up Spider-Man and then Kingpin and all these people. And he's like, ready the choppers. I'm like, oh, shit. Then it flashed over to the gameplay and it showed Peter Parker in the symbiote suit. And I'm like, oh, my God, Venom's going to be in this game. <gasps> I'm stoked. Yeah, like, <clears throat> this just looks like such a good, like, there's no way this is going to be a miss. Like, yeah. Yeah. With as good as the way, like, the first Spider-Man was, they can only improve, you know. Yeah, so. Like, and there's already been so much speculation, just like, look at the eyes of Spider-Man in the symbiote suit. Like, clearly it becomes, ve- like, people are going crazy just, like, analyzing every frame of this trailer. Yeah. So that just means we need to play Miles Morales and be ready for Spider-Man 2, y'all. I 100% oh, agree. Yeah. My next good paycheck, I might have to snag that. Because, hmm. yeah, I agree. Do we I have a release date on Spider-Man 2? Oh, shit. Was there a release date? Um, let me double check. Because I'm hoping, honestly, that it's 2024. So that gives me a chance to play Miles Morales <laughs> and be ready for it. <laughs> well, I can tell you right now that it will probably be exclusive to PlayStation for a while. That is actually true. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Damn you, Sony. <laughs> uh, October 20th, 2023. Wow, that's soon. <clears throat> Only on PS5. Yep, I won't be playing that for a while. So, yeah, we'll have time. We'll have time. <laughs> I think they only recently put Miles Morales on PC, didn't they? Yeah, <clears throat> pretty sure that was fairly recently, too. Yeah, dude, so... I mean... We all three adored that first game. It's so it is like the quintessential superhero game in my opinion for Marvel. I think it's it's the best. Part. Like I remember Probably being a yeah. little bit skeptical and not wanting to like it as much as I liked Batman Arkham City, and I couldn't help myself and ended up liking it more. Like I wanted to like Arkham City more, and I couldn't. <laughs> well, I I think the Batman games walked so Spider Man could run. I know that's like a cliched yeah. term, but I mean, it's true. Yeah. Because Spider-Man just took Batman's combat and improved on it. 
Yeah. And I could see people who like the weightier rhythm game type combat of the Batman games more and all that. But I just really enjoyed the feeling of exploring in ba- or Spider-Man. Yeah. But we've been through this before on those episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Through our <laughs> Spider-Man episode and pump those numbers up for us. <laughs> so the next game. And to describe what's going on in this game and what happened in the trailer kind of spoils the ending somewhat of the last game. But Mortal Kombat 1. It's a reboot, kind of. So, uh, long story short, at the end of Mortal Kombat 11, Liu Kang becomes a god. And with his power, he can basically creates this new universe. So, for instance, in this new universe, Scorpion and Sub-Zero are brothers. And they're not mortal enemies. Right off the bat, that's weird, but I love it. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's dangerous, is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um... The, the gameplay looks phenomenal. I mean, there's not a ton to go into because it's, it's just Mortal Kombat, but it looks improved over 11, which 11 looks fantastic. Yeah. So the well, fact that this game looks even better is just... Yeah. The art design's phenomenal. 11 is super good. So yeah, the way that one even seems to outpace that, because like, one thing I'll say about like fighting games is like it's not always about the graphics. I think I think Street Fighter 6 actually kind of looks like a downgrade graphically from Street Fighter 5, but it looks more fun. So... Yeah. <laughs> There's that to it. <clears throat> so I haven't gotten to play six yet, but it looks more fun than five. But <clears throat> as far as like Mortal Kombat one, though, like I'm wondering what this means for the series moving forward too. Is like, are we just re- resetting? We're going back to the basics and starting over at Mortal Kombat one and going to be Mortal Kombat two after this? Because like honestly, I'm down for that. I just really want to see what direction it takes the series in as a whole. Yeah. It sure is a bold way to name the game when they already called Mortal Kombat 9 Mortal Kombat as well. True, yeah. Like, this is your third Mortal Kombat <laughs> 1, essentially. Yeah, this will be the like the New Testament. That's <laughs> yeah. the Old Testament. <laughs> and then, like... But, like, I mean, it shows some confidence going into it. And, you know, I gotta give them credit for having that confidence. And uh, they do seem like, when they call it one, they don't just mean, this is a remaster. What they really mean is, this is the universe recreated by a new god. And I think that's a ballsy enough mood for them. I kind of want to go ahead and let them cook, you know? Yeah. I think they they earned it with Eleven, though, because Eleven was such a good game. Yeah. Fair enough. And honestly, like, Nine and Ten are good, too. Um... I know people were saying that Mortal Kombat gets stale, and I'm like, it might, but at the same time, you know what you're getting into. It's like any any fighting game. You know what you're getting into when you're going into it. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it's repetitive. A lot of fighting games, people just like to play them online. That's their thing. That's not my thing. That's why I like Mortal Kombat, because there's like a story mode. That's why I'm interested in Street Fighter Six because there's like a whole RPG thing going on with that, and I'm all about that. That takes me back to Toe Ball. And the quest mode in Tobol, which might be where my love for storylines and fighting games came from, is the old Tobol games. I know Willie's shaking his head because I have to. I have to bring up Tobol. You know what I do. And speaking, no, it's Tobol number one. Because this it's is fitting. Yeah, it is one. That's true. What if they made Tobol number one and it came out next year? I would buy the shit out of it. <laughs> be like, oh man, why did people like Virtua Fighter more than this? I don't understand. They were the same, but it looked better and played better. Uh, the thing, quickly, the thing with Toeball was that like the combat wasn't fast, but it was one of the first games where like the punches and kicks were more realistically thrown, but they were meaty. 
like Batman meaty when you hit it. it like when you kick somebody, they reacted like they really got kicked. And it wasn't just like, huh, huh, with a little shift of the shoulder. Yeah. I think we should change the name of rugby to toe ball. <laughs> you fucking asshole. <laughs> Show's over. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but Mortal Kombat's been around for a long ass time. Yeah. And speaking of games that have been around for a long time that are getting a new game that I was surprised to see, Prince of Persia. And it's not one of the 3D action platformer it looks like it's like the old school 2d action platformer that prince of persia started as and i'm like that's it's so like the ones that date back to like apple II computers where they just like the programmer had his brother go outside and do a bunch of gymnastics and then rotoscoped animation of him doing his moves yeah it looks like that but much more fast-paced i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome but yeah it's the, t- yeah. the old 2d style i'll be interested to see how that turns out yeah 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 um you know, there was one I meant to write down. I don't remember what showcase it's from, but while I'm thinking about it, I want to bring it up because it looked so far up Nate's pooper. It knew what he had for dinner. Um, it was called Mariachi something. <laughs> uh, Mariachi. Anyway, it, it was a Metroidvania, but it was you played as like an un, like an undead skeleton, the you know skeletal Mariachi guy with a sword, and it looks so <laughs> Castlevania, like Mexican Castlevania. It looks so cool. Nice. And I was like, ah, but I wonder that sounds really sick. But on the other hand, we literally have already played like a Day of the Dead <laughs> Walkamelee. I know Metrovania <laughs> game for the show. Yeah, uh, let me let me check Steam. Still, I, I hope that's I hope that's awesome. Because yeah. I'm always awesome. going for a good Metrovania. Cool. Yeah, same. And um, honestly, Walkamelee was one of the better ones we've played for the show, in my opinion. True. I, I honestly, at first, I was a little skeptical about its movement, but the more we played it, the more I was like, "Oh yeah, this game actually feels yeah. awesome." And I think it did really decent with the beat 'em up stuff mm-hmm. too. Mariachi Legends. Okay, we'll have to look into that Mariachi one. Mariachi Legends. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, that was just one that popped into my brain that I was like, "Oh wait, well I'm thinking about this. Let me get this out because <laughs> I will never remember again." Um. So yeah, Prince of Persia looks interesting, dude. Like, uh, I I really enjoyed the 3D ones. Like when I was younger, like renting them for PS2. I never owned any, but I would rent them. And uh, I don't have much experience with the 2D ones, so I'll, I'll be interested to try this when it comes out. Oh yeah. Um, up next, I mean, we have the resident Sonic man here, so I'm just gonna go ahead and let you lead off about this one, my good sir. Yeah. So let me tell you my surprise. Cause, like I wasn't watching the awards show, and I was just scrolling Twitter on my phone, and I saw that Sega had. Or Sonic the Hedgehog's main account had posted like new Sonic game, Sonic Superstars. It's like, wait, what? Because I had this like, I had no idea that they were working on anything because they kind of kept this one under wraps the whole time. And so they had a trailer there that I watched. Was like, holy crap, this actually looks good. Because what it kind of is is it's a two a new two D Sonic game called Sonic Superstars, which the name made me worry that it was be like a compilation of old Sonic games because they love to do that. But it's a brand new game called Sonic Superstars. 2d sonic with a new art style so this is completely brand new like it's like you know sonic mania kind of reuses like the sonic the hedgehog 3 sonic 2 kind of art style this is a more modern art style kind of like the uh, two and a half d effect it made me think of mega man 11 Mm. or it might have been mighty number nine yeah just the way that they shifted like they kept everything the same but kind of just shifted the look to that 2.5 d Mm-hmm. wonderfulness yeah yeah the way they 
introduced that was so good too because they had like regular 2d sonic running and then he crosses the goalpost with the, the eggman goalpost and it moves into the new two and a half d and he keeps crossing back and forth going from classic classic sonic to what i'm hoping is new classic sonic and it, it's a really good art style i really appreciate what they did with it and i watched some gameplay of it too because uh, they put out like a 10 minute gameplay video of it and it actually looks like they have the physics down. So it looks like it's everything that Sonic the Hedgehog 4 wanted to be but couldn't be. But this one is all those things, I'm hoping. And it involves four playable characters. Oh, no. So it's I'll... my understanding that, as far as I know, I think this game is running like a Sonic Mania-derived engine under the hood, but using an entirely new graphic. Yeah, engine. which is... But, like, the physics, I think, is based on Christian Whitehead's Sonic Mania. Which is so damn well, smart, because that game felt so good. I was going to say, everyone that I know pretty much says that that's the best Sonic game is Sonic Mania, as far as the 2D games go. Yeah. So. But um, I've always been curious, and I might have asked you this before, and I don't remember, and if I have, I'm very apologetic about it. But uh, why was Sonic 4 so bad? Like, I've heard people say that it was just not a good game, and I, don't, I just don't know why. In my opinion, it's mostly the physics engine in that game. Like, everything felt pretty wonky. And nothing felt, like, fluid or good to do in that game. So, it just kind of... One, like, I don't hate the game. I don't think it's bad. I think it's a budget title that was okay, but really not... Should not have been called Sonic the Hedgehog 4 because it was not good enough to be a direct sequel to Sonic 3. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you think if they would have named it something differently, it might have been recepted better? Yeah, because like it would have been laid out there as a budget title. I think people would have appreciated it a little bit more. But they tried to make it a big, a full thing, which I think was a mistake in marketing part. Now, that's, they also released it in episodes, didn't they? Yeah, there was Sonic, Sonic Hedgehog for Episode 1 and Episode 2. The main difference is, like, obviously the different levels in the game, and then 2 introduced Tails. I'm sure if they would have kept going, there would have been an Episode 3 with Knuckles. But okay. so, yeah. do you think Sonic Superstars is going to have online multiplayer? Because uh, if we can co-op on that together, I feel like we're going to spend a lot of time playing that. So game. I really hope so because that's another part I wanted to bring up about the game too. Is like it actually has multiplayer co-op and not like just like the old yeah. school one where like you're Sonic and Tails and like nah, this one can be like four players. Like there's four playable characters: Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, and Amy. Um, and the way they were showing it, like if you've ever watched, like played um, Super Mario, um, New Super Mario Bros, like that series of Mario Bros, like where you could have four players on the screen at the same time playing, this incorporates that. And I'm just like, oh my god, if oh. if that has online multiplayer, this could be so much fun to play as like a group and just. I'm excited about it because it looks yeah. like it looks like what the transition for 2D Sonic should have been a while ago. I feel like we would play that together one night and then y'all would find somebody else to play with because y'all would be like, why do you suck so bad at Sonic, Dalton? <laughs> that is the thing I'm interested too. It's like, because like Mario, it's easy to keep everybody on the same screen, but Sonic goes so fast. Like, how are we going to keep everybody on the same screen? So there's just a lot of questions and a lot more that I want to see, but from everything I've seen, I'm super excited. It looks really, really good. Oh, yeah. My brain is now just going... Um, so up next another one that i was immediately like yeah (laughs) like a dragon gaiden the man who erased his name oh yeah it is the story of what happened to kiryu between yakuza 6 
and Yakuza 8, which will be called Like a Dragon 8. Uh, no, 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 it no, it won't. we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That came up in another showcase. Previously known as Like a Dragon 8. Yeah. Um, yes. But this trailer just basically showed that uh, Kiryu was in some, it almost looked like a monastery. And a guy came in and kind of harassed him. And they're like, hey, we need you. You're going to be codenamed Joryu. And I'm like, that's not that far off from Kiryu. <laughs> like, obviously, that's that's got to be part of the joke. That's like Superman putting on his glasses and nobody knows it's fucking him. <laughs> the more we see of all the new, like, Like a Dragon stuff, it's like, God, I wish we could just marathon through the rest of the Like a Dragon series. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's our show. We could if we wanted to. Yeah, but I like for but, people to get more than just one series. Yeah. <laughs> but we, like, it, it has been a couple of months since we played Yakuza Kiwami. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. 2024, the year point. of the dragon. Point. <laughs> what, Willie? I said that's an interesting point. Anyway. Um, but yeah, it looks awesome. Um, I'm not... I was, I watched, I've watched a lot of game trailers. Uh, I don't remember if... I don't think they showed any gameplay yet. Um or that maybe they did and I don't remember but um, I know there's two fighting styles there's the like normal fighting style and there's an agent fighting style so it's, I guess I got a little confused so this is different from um, 8 this is not 8 yeah. oh okay so this game this is, so is this um, like a classic like Yakuza style fighting yeah okay yeah okay this one's going to be straight up like playing Kiryu like normal nice okay um the other game this is, uh, we'll is supposed to be turned. The man who erased his name, and it's the one that like ties, uh, ties yeah, six into the next cool. game. Cool, yeah, I love it. Ties Kiryu to Ichiban somehow. Love it. Yeah, we'll talk about Ichiban in a little bit. Yeah, I'm. I am yeah, yeah, so. I'm, that trailer was really I tight. I was really. It reminded me of a scene from Austin. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. But yeah, it literally is. Yeah. Um, so the next one that jumped out to me was. A game called Pow World. Now, Pow World looks like Pokemon. If you went up to Electabuzz and handed him a minigun, <laughs> it was like, kill your enemies. <laughs> yeah, it, it's such a weird win, man. I'm not sure how I feel about that one yet. I'll have to uh, see more of the more comes out. But, like, I swear some of the designs of monsters in that game are straight up Pokemon. The one that really stood out to me was there's one called Boltmane, who just straight up looks like shiny Luxray. Like, feel free to look those names up. Just <laughs> like, I don't know how Game Freak's going to take to some of these character designs y'all put together, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially since, you know, they, they have to do with Nintendo, and Nintendo are sticklers about that shit. Yeah. <coughs> Nintendo blocked... Dolphin emulator from being released on Steam, even though Nintendo doesn't support the GameCube anymore. You can't buy them new. You can't buy new games new. They're so weird. But yeah. whatever. That's a whole other. That's a whole other can of beans. Um, yeah, Power Power looks interesting. It looks interesting enough that like I would check out a demo of it, and if I liked it, I'd buy it. Or if it was on like Game Pass or something, I would check it out. Yeah. It's definitely one where I'm waiting for some post-release buzz just to see if it's if it lives up to the promise of it because I could really see the premise turning out kind of corny or I could see it turning out really thought-provoking and interesting. Yeah, yeah. 
And there's been a lot of things to kind of riff off Pokemon that come and go real fast. Cause remember, there was a big buzz on Temtem right before it came out, and nobody talked about Temtem a month after it came out. So yeah, I I think that game suffered from like just not enough updates with new content and stuff, and that's that's the MMO thing for you, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know what was funny in the uh, the factory shout out the factory sealed retro video game podcast in their Facebook group somebody posted the Power World trailer and commented man I thought Nexomon really ripped off Pokemon <laughs> and I commented I was like yeah but Nexomon that's a fantastic game he's like oh yeah no argument there it's it's great he's <laughs> <laughs> like but it really is a rip off Pokemon I'm like oh yeah no doubt yeah. it's Pokemon if Pokemon had a sense is, uh, of humor. I'm in North America so I can't play Power World I'm waiting for <laughs> 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 Oh man, Q Discord soundboard. The the next one that jumped out to me, and this was actually Nate. Thank you for mentioning this because I had apparently mistyping it on accident. Um, Sandland. Now Sandland, I don't really know what the hell's going on. Like you, I, apparently it's based on a an anime or a manga or something, um, but art style done by Akira Toriyama so I immediately Ooh. thought this was some sort of Dragon Quest game yeah like I don't know much about it just because I saw a trailer and I'm like is this Akira Toriyama Borderlands because it kind of <laughs> looks like it yeah interesting. when it first like when the trailer first started I was like oh, Dragon Quest 12 but then when I started seeing some of the elements in it, I'm like, oh, there's no way this is Dragon Quest. And then I'm like, yeah, this reminds me of Borderlands. <laughs> yeah. You play as like a little demon dude. and Yeah, it's like apparently yeah, a world where demons and humans live like live together on the planet. And I didn't get a whole lot more from the story based on the trailer. But it looks like Mad Max Borderlands anime. Like, I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And um, that, that sounds dope as hell. Actually, the, the little blurb that I read about it did mention that the main character's name is Beezlebub. <laughs> so I'm all about it. Nice. <laughs> uh, quickly, uh, want to mention that Black Desert is getting their like first big expansion, uh, Land of the Morning Light. Um, it looks super interesting. Um, and anyone who's interested in Black Desert, that game goes on sale for like two dollars. I have it, it because Dalton it, pointed it out to me on sale one day. I still haven't played it, but I have the game. <laughs> it's it's one of the best looking MMOs you'll ever play. And it's very it's a very like will overwhelm you. Like when I first started playing it, I had noped out of it me. But then like I dove back into it and kind of just decided to no, I'm just gonna go kill some stuff. And then I kind of just figured it out as I went, watched a couple of videos, and now I'm I'm very much I like it, you know what I mean? Because I don't have to pay to play it. I can pay if I want extra stuff, but it doesn't make me a better player to pay. It makes things convenient, you know what I mean? Um, And it's really fun. And like, I can, like last night, I took my character and took her to the the river, like on this pier, and just started fishing. And then I went to sleep because you can actively fish and that'll get net you better rewards. But you can also just leave it there, and it'll idle fish. And uh, and there's different things you can do. Like when you ride your horse, it levels up your riding the more you ride it. And you can go in the map and set points and make it a loop. And you can just like go to work and then come home, and your riding skill will be up because you've just been running that loop the whole time. <laughs> as long as something doesn't kill you. Yeah. There's always that, but 
it, but this new expansion, Land of the Morning Light, um, Black Desert is a Korean MMO game. So this new expansion is based on Korean locations and Korean mythology. And the uh, little images and uh, videos that they were showing, dude, it just looks so good. I cannot get, I cannot express to you guys how pretty Black Desert is for an MMO. Like, growing up with World of Warcraft and, like, how that looked and then going to this game, which looks like The Witcher on crack, <laughs> just <laughs> blows my mind. It's really fun. Geralt needs um, a bump. It would be... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, it would be a fun game for, like, us three to do. Like, <laughs> Throw a Coke to your Witcher. Oh, Valley of Plenty. Um, <laughs> fuck, where was, my, where was I going with that? Oh, I think we could do Black Desert for the show sometime. Um, and But we sure. could treat it like Terraria. log in together and go fuck around like we did in Terraria or Grim Dawn and just go, because there are areas where there's just a ton of enemies and we can go Dynasty Warrior or some shit, you know, too. It's just, or we can go fishing. Yep. That'd be my Whatever ideal introduction to, to that game, honestly. So let's do that at some point. <laughs> Let's make it to Velia and go fishing. Yeah, that's what we'll do first. That'll be the first quest. Um, so yeah, uh, I do. I'm just I'm excited for this. I'm, I will actually buy this expansion. Usually I'm iffy on MMO expansions until I hear how people feel about them. But this one looked pretty enough that even if all the quests are awful, I'm going to enjoy looking around and, and taking screenshots, which is my end game. Um, and the the last thing I wanted to bring up was not a part of Summer Games Fest. I do believe this was also part of the Sony thing with Spider Man Two, but uh. Boys, did you did you homie get a boner? Let me tell you, because I'm watching this trailer and it just starts off, and it's just like I want to say a fly or something was flying around, and then boom, a frog nails it, and this frog's sitting there, and there's like this couple other things happen, and then like this bird grabs this fish, and then it flies over and it drops the fish, and it lands on this log, and this big snake comes out of the water and goes to get the bird but then an alligator grabs the snake and starts death rolling it and you're like what is going on and then the camera starts speeding through this swamp and I'm like what is this and then the camera stops and slowly from the shadow you start to see this figure appear and I was like there is no fucking way and then his face came out of the shadow and look my eyes are watering up a little bit and it was fucking Snake. It was Solid Snake. They are remaking from the ground up Metal Gear Solid 3, which is oh, so good. Metal Gear 3 is such a good fucking game. And this just gives me hope because if they're remaking Metal Gear 3, that means, and they're putting the original Metal Gear Solid uh, games on PC, which they've already done, but now they're putting Metal Gear 3 on there as well. Metal Gear 4 is isolated to the PlayStation 3. It was never released on anything else. So here's hoping that we can get Metal Gear 4 on PC and then we'll have the whole Metal Gear series and your boy would be very happy. Be awesome. Even if we don't ever play them for the show because I don't know how you guys would feel about them. But like, oh man. So, so stoked. So is this all like through... Um, Konami then, right? There wouldn't be any actual input on a remake from oh, Kojima? Kojima, yeah. Yeah, I, I do not think Kojima has anything to do with it. I think he has like moved past Metal Gear and he's on doing his own thing now. 
Um, there's apparently like a documentary coming out about Kojima and stuff. I'm like, hmm, all right. And he's working on Death Stranding too. So, yeah. you know, but even still, like the the remnants of Kojima will always be in that series. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's no getting away from it. Even if they were to make a Metal Gear Six, which I don't know if they ever will. I think they might just nip it. You know, maybe they'll make a pachinko <laughs> machine for, <laughs> for Metal Gear or something. But um, I, I'm, although I'm sure they already have, let me just go ahead and say I'm sure that there is already somewhere a Metal Gear Solid pachinko machine. Probably multiple, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, thousands, <laughs> all in one area of Camrocho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was that was the end of the uh, the things that jumped out to me from Summer Games Fest. We're not covering every single game; uh, just jumped out the ones that jumped out to me personally. <clears throat> um, so I watched the Xbox showcase, and right off the bat, first trailer was the new Fable game. Now I know I mentioned this earlier. Neither of you have played the Fable series, correct? No, not me at least. Uh I've hung out with someone and watched him play Fable 1 or maybe it was Fable 2 for a while. And he seemed like he was having a lot of fun with it. But uh, I didn't think it looked like my particular cup of tea. Fair enough. Um, there was a lot of hype around Fable when it first came out. And yeah. uh, I was too young to care about that. So I didn't know. I just saw a cool looking case in movie gallery. So I rented it. And I loved it. And I've loved it ever since. Like I, I go back to it every now and then on PC and play it because it's just like that good, warm, nostalgia blanket. Um, but this new game looks tremendous. Like it, The trailer is like this guy sitting there and he's talking about how the time of the hero is over. The time now is for the time of innovation, the time for you know creation. It's the time of the hero has passed. And then this whole time it's going back and it's showing these clips of your character going through these different things like you look like a lemon things like that oi chicken chaser because everybody in the first fable game everybody in the first fable game talk like this <laughs> every single one of them and they'd been you could pick your nickname they'd call you Ossface. face like one of your nicknames you could get was this. hey Ossface. face but i i loved oi chicken chaser Did you come over here anyway the new Fable game looks fantastic. Like when you when your character gets introduced, because you're talk, you're watching this guy do this interview the whole time, and then it shows your main character, and she's about yay big. What is that? Maybe three, four inches tall yeah. compared to him. So you realize that he's a giant, <laughs> and it's kind of like a James and the or not James and the Giant, <laughs> Jack and the Beanstalk. Thank you, Jack and the Beanstalk type situation. <laughs> so uh, I look forward to this, and it was all the trail. The entire trailer was in game footage. So oh, that was it was, yeah. That's so cool. that's like that's the actual engine running, cut cut scenes and stuff. I'm like, wow, it does it's, look good. It looks, it looks real good. Um, this next one, not too terribly much to say about it. There's a new Cyberpunk 2077 uh, expansion coming out called Phantom Liberty. Looks super cool, super pretty. It's more of that Cyberpunk goodness. Phantom Liberty definitely sounds like something Metal Gear would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because uh, Metal Gear Five, the Phantom Pain. Oh yeah, and then Metal and then Metal Gear Two, Sons of Liberty. So you are absolutely correct. Man. <laughs> um, but you know, you know, I think it's been long enough now that that game runs 
like smooth enough that we should do that for the show maybe not this year but like yeah. you know we should do cyberpunk at some point yeah. i think we'd all enjoy it i mean yeah, i tried to play it a while back like I, I put about two hours into it and got bored but if i was playing for the show i'd probably feel to put more time into it yeah and, and the thing about cyberpunk dude is like it doesn't open up for a while it's kind of got the same issue that like some rpgs do where like that beginning section is just kind of a slog and it's not that it's a slog because the story it ends up telling is really good um but I played that game for like eight hours before I got that ooh, Cyberpunk 2077 screen where it was like, wow. are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so let's see. What was next on there? Avowed. Uh, that, oh, Avowed. So I don't know a ton about this game uh, other than the trailer showed that there's some sort of disease or something. It almost made me think of Resident Evil. <laughs> going and spreading through and killing these creatures and turning them into these hideous monsters and things like that. What has me excited about this is that this is a first-person fantasy RPG by Obsidian. Mm. And Obsidian not only made The Outer Worlds, which was great, but they did Fallout New Vegas, which mm. is like everyone's favorite Fallout. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very... I'm hyped for this, but I'm also trying to be optimistically hyped without because you know a new IP it can go either way yeah it could it could come out and everyone's gonna be like man this game fucking sucks but we'll see um I'm gonna save that next one okay I'm gonna save that next one let's let's talk about 33 Immortals yeah go ahead I was supposed to say like when I first mentioned this game to you guys when I saw the trailer I said boys I said there's a game coming out that looks like Hades but it's 33 co-op player co-op yeah (laughs) it's like wait what and I will say I watched the trailer and the first thing I thought was oh they really want you to think this is 33 player Hades like that is definitely what they were thinking the whole time they made the whole time they were making this game they wanted you to think that they were super giant games yeah like they didn't want you to think this was made by the Hades people. I swear, like they made this to look as much like Hades as they could without getting sued. <laughs> but like my my first thought was, thirty three player co op. Damn, didn't everybody in Game Buds love Hades? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I wasn't very good at it, but <laughs> I even thought that game was fantastic. It it'll be really mm-hmm. interesting to see how this does because I could see it going one of two ways. Either it's going to play the way they hope it does and everybody's going to love it or this is going straight in the garbage <laughs> yeah or or it'll be in the bargain bin no time yeah um that is my main worry is that it could be just you have to get the speed right and it did look a little bit slower than hades even from the little bits that were in the trailer. it's like you'd have to be with 33 players at once right yeah true um it did look like it had some Dynasty Warriors level enemies at some points in the trailer too. But again, <laughs> with thirty three people, I would hope that you you had enough of a, a sl- I'll call it a slog in there for everyone to work through. Yeah, you know, or one big baddie that's just like the game Trillion. Things just got like a trillion health. You just have to try to take it down. That'd be cool too. Um, well, I mean, apparently the final boss is God. <laughs> so, oh, so this oh, is so a JRPG. <laughs> <laughs> no, but literally, like the 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 story concept is like literally, you are a damned soul, and uh, your goal is to fight back against like basically God, 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 <laughs> dum dum, give me gum gum. Um, 
up next, so these these kind of got spoiled for me because there was a leak. Uh, Atlas West did an oopsie and posted both these trailers on their Instagram <laughs> like a day or two before <laughs> this was announced. But they have remade Persona 3, and they called it Persona 3 Reload, and they did it in the style of Persona 5, but kept that flair that Persona 3 had with a lot of uh, blue. You know how like in Persona 5, there's a lot of red. Yeah. Fours, we got a lot Three's of, a lot of blue. blue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's my question, though. And I noticed in the trailer they did not show Persona summoning. And I know we've talked about this before. The way you summoned your Persona in that game was your character would point evoker, a pistol to his yeah. head, pull the trigger, boom, and then it would summon the Persona. I'm wondering if they, they had to have kept that in. That's a key part of the game. We'll see. But, well, people are saying that apparently they feel like there's been a lot of stuff subtracted. Like there was a female pro- uh, protagonist that is not going to be playable in it, and like people already seem a little grumpy mm. about it. So, the, the 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 female, I get why. Like they could have, I guess they could have easily done that. But the female protagonist was a thing for the Persona Three portable version, so she was exclusive to the PSP version. And then the other thing yeah, that but people I mean, were that's upset. the one that they've decided was the canon version because that's the one they made like the remake of in every other system, you know? Oh no, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying like that's where they probably knowing Atlas, they will release another version of this remake in a year, and her. it will have <laughs> her and the answer, which is the answer is the thing Persona that the other thing that people Platinum. were mad about that was like a epilogue in Persona Three FES because on PS2 they released Persona Three. And then, like a year later, released Persona Three FES, which had extra stuff, much like they released Persona Four, and then they did Persona Four Golden, and then Persona Five, and Persona Five Royal. You know, in today's world, that's pretty shitty. It should just be DLC. I don't disagree, but Atlas is going to Atlas, yeah. dog. Like that's, but it makes me, it makes me think: Should I buy Persona Six when it comes right? out, or, or wait, I wait for Persona Six Epic Version? Mm-hmm. And not Epic Game Store version, but you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> saying. And then and just get that. But then it, is it going to get spoiled for me in the time? Yes. That's the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do the JRPG report. Of course, it's going to get spoiled for me. Um, so, yeah, but I, I'm looking forward to that. I really enjoy Persona 3 uh, from what I've played of it. That's one I've never beaten. Um, but, yeah, I, I do. I am going to get that day one, guaranteed. Actually, let me, let me clarify. I'm going to get that as soon as my check says that I can get it. <laughs> uh, uh, the other one, I thought this was a spelling error, and then I watched the actual trailer and was like, oh, no, okay, so it's Persona 5 Tactica. And I thought, surely, someone meant to hit the S for tactics and just hit the A instead. No, unless they did that on a level and they were like, you know what, it works. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with it. But Persona 5 Tactica, it looks kind of like a chibi art style, and it's a it's another Persona 5, it's a tactics game. Um, they are milking the hell out of 5, and I can see why. I don't blame them for it, but, like, because the characters are part one of the best parts of that game, but, like, they yeah. are milking the hell out of Persona 5, man. <laughs> they really are. Like, I still want to play uh, Persona 5 Strikers, which is the one I have, I believe, which is the uh, Dynasty Warriors-esque style game. I know I keep bringing up Dynasty Warriors coming up a lot this episode, um, but... A tactics game, it's Persona 5 Disgaea, basically. I mean, I'll check it out, but it might be one that I'll have to, like, try before I buy yeah. situation. I won't. But, but it is cool. going to be <laughs> day one game pass. So. Oh, it, it uh, is game, day one game pass? 
Yeah, both of those, okay. both Persona, because they have like a thing with Xbox now. Cool. So I'm sure Sony is just thrilled about. <laughs> <laughs> um, sea of Thieves, getting a crossover with Monkey Island, which that's fun. Is like I'm shocked they haven't done it already. It popped up and was it like makes so no, much Sea of sense. Thieves. <laughs> it yeah. does, yeah. And then when it popped up, Lucas Lucas Arts or Lucas Films or whatever. When I was watching the uh, outside Xbox showcase reaction tonight, when that popped up, I thought Andy was going to cry because he loves <laughs> Sea of Thieves and he loved like Monkey Island's like his favorite game. So <laughs> he was just like, "Ah, oh, hot fire, hot fire!" And he's putting their little rating thing just all the way up so it's on fire. <laughs> he's like, "Yes, yes!" <laughs> it is. But yeah, it looks awesome. It's another reason for us to dive into Sea of Thieves because it's free. Yeah. No, see if these well, isn't right. free, but this update is free. Right. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Good to know. And I'm like, dude, that'll be cool. That'll be super cool because we can do the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff and then head over and go check out Guybrush yeah. Threepwood. Yeah. Yeah. Be super chill. Super chill. That was loud. That was. I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> that was my. Uh... Ah, it doesn't matter. Um. But yeah, I, I'm super stoked to finally check out Sea of Thieves one of these days. That is a big game, though. Yeah. And oh, yeah. They used a lot of juice on your heart. Right? My question That's about that game, is it... Can you have more than four people, or is it four max in a party kind of thing? I think it's... So we might have to I'm wrangle sure. a guest for whenever we do Sea of Thieves. Just a thought. Put in, your hat, put in your names. We'll throw it in a hat. <laughs> <coughs> So this next one that they we saw that we've all are pretty stoked about is Like a Dragon oh, Infinite yeah. Wealth. Yes, sir. So we now have a title for what would have been Yakuza mm-hmm. 8. Yeah, like a Dragon 8. And this trailer, A, was hilarious, which we'll talk about. But it really makes me want to play Like a Dragon. A Yakuza Like yeah, a Dragon. same. Because I'm like... Man, that's the start of Ichiban's story. It doesn't technically have anything to do with 1 through 6. Oh, I think we can play Like a Dragon before we finish 1 through 6, TBH. Like, I'd like to play Kiwami 2 first, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I think we're definitely going to have to get around to Kiwami 2 pretty soon. Yeah, and then we just got 3, 4, 5, and 6. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, dude... <coughs> This fucking trailer showed no gameplay. No, but it was amazing. <laughs> it just showed the the normal like a dragon ridiculousness. Um, he washes up on a shore. It appears to be Hawaii, and all of a sudden, he just he just washes up completely, not knowing where he is, naked as the day he was born, and like. The best part to me is, like, they just start going straight into that, like, Austin Powers gag. That, like, sight gag from the Austin Powers movies. Yeah, know? it was, like, 100%. Like, the part from Austin Powers where Austin's butt naked and standing in front of, like, an apple covering his thing. Like, just so good. Like, that's <laughs> right. exactly how this trailer went down. And it was so funny to watch.
talk real quick? Yeah. So, are you good? Okay. Yeah, I'm just I'm on my phone now. That's all. Okay. But I'm still talking into my microphone. So. Okay, so we can still keep recording through this. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, like we were saying, like <laughs> the Austin has like that whole Austin Powers esque situation going on, where that that trailer is just freaking hilarious, man. What do you think? Oh, dude. <laughs> Like the fact that he doesn't speak English, so he's just sitting there talking to yeah. himself in Japanese, and everyone's freaking out. And the chick's like, "Streaker, ew!" <laughs> just fantastic. And uh, then, like the the moment of realization when he like looks down and realizes that he doesn't have any pants on. <laughs> I loved it. Just absolutely tremendous. So good. Yeah, I. Again, they didn't show any gameplay. They didn't show anything like that. But I am so, like, I don't care. I just want to play that game. <laughs> just let me into that. Right. Yeah, and I can imagine it being an RPG. It's going to be very similar to 7. So I can't imagine it's going to be too crazy different. So, like, I'm excited to see it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's just the idea of like a dragon ghost <laughs> is very funny to me. All right, let's see. What did we have up next? So the next was just the PC gaming show. And not a whole, like, terrible ton to dive deep into on this. Just some stuff that kind of jumped out to me. Um, There is a new park building simulator coming out. uh, Park Beyond. And if Planet Coaster was going the realm of Roller Coaster Tycoon, this game kind of reminds me of Sim Theme Park. Like, uh, did either of you ever play any of the Sim Sim Theme Park games, like Sim Theme Park or Sim Theme Park World? No, I didn't ever get into those. Well, they were, uh, they were just like a different type of roller coaster tycoon game, but they were a little more cartoony. Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. And this one just looks fun. Um, let's see again, just running through these kind of quickly. Oh, my friendly neighborhood. Yeah. So this game. Uh, what first of all, like, <laughs> what were y'all's first impressions of this? Because I'm curious to know. Dude, when I first saw this trailer, I was like, "Oh, this looks really hilarious and fun." Because it's kind of like a whole, um, like almost like Resident Evil, except for instead of zombies, it's evil Sesame Street characters. Like, it kind of gives me vibes of like, kind of like the campy horror of something like Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So yeah. like, and I love the campy Absolutely. horror stuff. So like, I'm pretty excited. I'm actually pretty excited for this one. If it's as fun and funny as it looks, I think I'll enjoy it a lot. Yeah, it gave me very heavy. Uh, Don't hug me, I'm scared. Slash, um, Resident Evil vibes. I don't, man. I don't know why my mind just blanked on Resident Evil. Sheesh. Um, but yeah, like it gave me very, very like that. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Don't hug me, I'm scared. All of these like the the puppets, Muppets. And to take that and put it into a horror venture just works so well for me because there's something inherently creepy about them anyway, if you really think about it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah I, just, I look forward to it. It didn't look like it was bloody or gory or anything. No, not at all. But it, but it, looked, it looked like a fucking blast is what it looked like. Um, let's see. So next up was a uh, 30XX. Uh, I don't know much about it. I do know that I played 20XX some, and I did have a good time with it. Um, 
it wouldn't be one that I would be like, I need to play this till the very end. But I had a good time with what I played. Yeah, I actually have played 30XX because it's a game that's been in early access for quite a long time now. Um, So I'm guessing what is happening is it's finally getting full release, not just being an early access game. And like, I had played it, like, I guess it was probably a little over a year ago, and I haven't really kept up with the updates, but I played through it and beat it once while I was still streaming. And it's a pretty fun little Mega Man X-like game. Um, I think it'll probably be good in the final version. Just curious to how much it's changed since I've played it. Yeah, that'll be interesting to kind of, like, if you play it again, to hear your your thoughts on how it is post-release as it was to the early access. Yeah, like I never uninstalled it, and it updates all the time, so I bet it's like a very different experience from when I first played it, even. <laughs> um, let's see, up next was, now I think I'm going to pronounce this right, Naobuck? Sure. Naobuck's uh, Dungeon Master. This trailer was fucking hilarious. <laughs> and uh, it kind of reminded me of, and I know we were talking about Fable, Peter Molyneux <laughs> also had to do with Dungeon Keeper back in the day because it was Lionhead that did that. Oh, yeah. So this game reminds me of like a spiritual successor to Dungeon Keeper. Um, there's already like a Nalvec game that I think I got free through Twitch. In any case, uh, it's, it's like a little RPG type game, I believe. But this one is like you are the evil wizard overlord guy and you're building this big dungeon to keep uh, heroes out and all this type of stuff and keep yourself safe. And yeah, it almost seems it like, a, like a hell of a good time. It, it almost seems like a kind of a tower defense kind of game where you're building the dungeon to protect what's inside. So it's kind of an interesting concept, kind of an interesting twist on the tower defense. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. And I loved the part in the trailer. Where he was like describing how lush and, fantastic everything was and you're looking at it and it was just like this dingy little dungeon and he just goes yeah. oh wait we're on camera <clears throat> anyway <laughs> just uh, I love that type of humor um, next one was one that I sent to you guys and I was like it's funny that they announced this while we're playing what we're playing for the actual show uh, Undead Inc which basically is a management simulator where you're in charge of not Umbrella Corporation <laughs> <laughs> and I love management sims like Game Dev Tycoon. Loved that game. Um, I have another one that I've been playing that's some sort of monster. Almost it was like based on SCP style stuff. Um, that's a management sim that's been a lot of fun. So when I saw this Undead Ink, I'm like, well, well, that'll be another one that I play. Yeah, the trailer looks yeah. pretty cool. I like the um, art style and kind of how they handled the whole, like, how it's going down that this is kind of like Umbrella Inc., but not. I'm kind of curious, and I don't know if there was any more than what I saw, because I just kind of watched a trailer. I didn't watch any. Is there a gameplay footage for that yet at all, or is it just kind of like early announcement stages? No, yeah, I think that that was just, like, the trailer is all I've seen. Of okay. It. Cool but concept. I did enjoy the, mo- the moment in the trailer where the guy got infected. And he's like, actually, there's a cure upstairs with your name on it. Why don't you go get it? And the guy's like, oh, thanks, man. And he goes to walk away, and the dude just pulls out a pistol, shoots no, him the back No, what he head. said was, there's a shot upstairs with your name on it. And when he walks by, shoots oh. him. That, oh, okay. Yeah. Great wordplay. Yeah. Um, I was In that scene, I was like, oh, okay. So they really are going umbrella style. Yeah. It's like, Fuck you. We don't care about you. <laughs> You're expendable to us. You're a D-class. 
<laughs> um, the next one, Earthless. I don't know anything about this game. Like the trailer didn't really show anything. What stood out to me was the opening lines of the trailer, which were, "We thought we had billions of years until our son died. Hmm. We were wrong." And then it goes into this thing about, uh, where it just like the the sun eradicates Earth, basically. Hmm. And then it looks like Earth grows back from this green into. Oh, oh no! I'm sorry. I'm getting two trailers confused. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it just it looked interesting. And with that, and with that line, I was like, okay, with that level of writing, even though it's nothing big, it intrigued me. So I'm like, I'll be keeping an eye on Earthless just to see what it's about. Because if it's like a uh, almost like a city builder, but you're dealing with post-apocalypse scenario, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, ferocious. Uh, I wrote down ferocious just because it looked up. It looked right up Willie's pooper. It's a boomer shooter. That looked. I think it was the one that I saw that right, was fun. cell shaded. It just looked ridiculous and awesome. And I think you would. <laughs> Sounds dig. good. I'll have to look into that further. Uh, I think. Am I remembering the wrong game? I think you Nate, might you be remembering the wrong game because I think I remember this one kind of looking almost like um, it is an FPS, but it looks more like it was kind of combining FPS with exploration. It kind of looked like it had the one with the dinosaurs and things in it. Oh my god! Yeah, you were absolutely right. You were absolutely right. This is the one where you ended up on like the planet where time stood still. Yeah, it feels more like modern like Turok to me. You're right. You're absolutely oh. right. Damn, I don't remember the game that I'm trying to think of. Then <laughs> uh, I wrote it in our actual host chat, but uh, I'm having technical difficulties, so I can't go look right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. For but there was there was a boomer shooter, Willie, that I said that we looked up your alley. So uh, I did post it in our host chat at least. Um, yeah, I will investigate that after we're done. Up next was Critter Cove. Now, there wasn't a lot of shown about this. There's no release date. But I sent you all this trailer, and I was like, this is just Animal Crossing for PC. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's... I'll be honest, with the, the, I read the text of it, and it was so cute and wholesome, and I'm like... Oh, this is definitely some kind of weird ARG thing where it turns out to be a right? <laughs> that would be tremendous. Especially with a name like Critter Cove. That just seems like one of those, yeah. I think the word Cove, like Critter Cove, it sounds like Candle Cove. That's probably what sent me down that, you know, vibe hole. <laughs> You're being a vibe hole. <laughs> yeah. The game looks super cute, I agree. And, like, I've never played, like, an Animal Crossing type game. It's one of those things where either I'm going to bounce off of it so fast, like I did with Graveyard Keeper, or I'm going to become so obsessed that I have dreams about it, like I did with NGU. <laughs> so it's like I'm scared to start a game like that, TBH. <laughs> yeah. That's very fair. So I will be keeping an eye out on that as more comes out about it. And then this next game, Chimera. Chimera was the one I was thinking of where the sun explodes and everyone dies and then it just shows this little green thing growing up out of the ground and then that spreads across the land and then you see like this machine I don't know how to describe it like a space AG machine drone of some sort kind of flying by and then and then the, the, the text comes up that just says Chimera and it shows like art of characters like using a gun, laser gun thing to mine and things like that but I'm like, man they didn't show shit but I'm intrigued because 
this is going to sound really stupid. It's a bitchin' name. I love the word chimera. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I just I don't know why. It kind of looks like, to me like um, <clears throat> it was going for No Man's Sky with FPS elements was what I got from yeah. Chimera. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and speaking of No Man's Sky with first-person shooter elements, there was one that we skipped over <laughs> that we haven't talked about yet, and that's because it got its own direct and uh, wanted to save that for last. Uh boys starfield they showed gameplay they showed the trailer my hype level for this game is so high it's so high it's almost as high as i am like that's pretty high impossible (laughs) it (laughs) it looks so good and during the direct the one this is going to mean nothing to you guys because i don't think either of you have the love or time into oblivion that I have. Nope. <laughs> but in, in oblivion, when you beat the arena, you get this NPC who comes running up to you called the adoring fan. And he's just like, Oh my God, I can't believe it's you. It's really you. I get to breathe the same air that you breathe. And you can bring him as like a, like a companion that'll follow you around. He'll carry your shit around for you, but you can just, you have to deal with him being annoying. And one of the perks... Well, if you ever need someone to worship the ground you walk on, let me know. Yeah, exactly. Well, one of the perks that you can get in Starfield, or I think it was the uh, traits that you pick at the beginning of the game or anything, it's like renowned or something, where like you're known. And they said, but each one comes with its pluses and its takeaways or whatever, and... It showed when he picked that one. This fucking NPC comes running up to you in a space suit. And he goes, I can't believe it's really you. It's the same voice actor. That's fantastic. And and it's called The Adoring Fan. And I immediately went, day one. I'm getting this just just for that. It's just so good. And then the... I I know you guys probably didn't watch the entire like 40-minute direct for it. But like the gameplay like running around and mining and stuff it looked like no man's sky but polished if that makes any sense yeah that makes sense (laughs) um and the flying and stuff just looked super smooth now obviously it's a bethesda game bethesda game's gonna bethesda (laughs) (laughs) i'm keeping that in mind like, when I go to take off my ship, it's probably going to spin into a jumbled mess and throw me halfway across <laughs> the map. I get that. But it's a new engine. They look like they've really re- like refined it. It, it Even the, the character... I'm watching them talk about the character creator and, like, all the, the new stuff that they've done with that where they scanned a bunch of people's, like, real faces and then, like would combine them in different ways to make all these different types of facial structures that you can create. And like, they just they went in real depth with it. Cause the one guy's like, they put me in charge of character creation because I'm the type of person that spends two hours making my character <laughs> the way that I want him to look. He said, so, so I just thought, man, it's going to take me forever to actually get a character made. Yeah. But Hey, yeah. that's part of the yeah. fun of those kind of games. In my opinion, like I even spent way too much time. Every time I start up Skyrim, I'm like, hell yeah, let's play some Skyrim. I spent most of that time building my character. <laughs> <laughs> yep. For real, real. Absolutely. Dude. Like, okay, let me give it a try. This hairstyle with this beard. No, I don't like it with that beard, but I like that beard. Let me go through all the hairstyles. Yep. Again. 
<laughs> oh wait, I might I might like it if it's blonde. Let me switch it to blonde and look through them all again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that pain. Um, but yeah, Starfield, dude. Oh, it just looks so good. It it's Fallout in space. There you go. Because it looked like it plays a lot like Fallout Four, and Fallout Four played really fucking well for a first person shooter game. You know so. And they're you know they're doing the classic you can be in third person or first person so it's whichever one you prefer. I just uh I can't wait, dude. I'm 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 so hyped. And uh, <clears throat> let me double check the release date for that because I do believe it is this year. Starfield release date. All right, Google, work with me here. There we go. My keyboard's like, no, I'm not gonna type, dog. What are you talking about? So here's the weird thing. My Discord shit to bed on my PC, but my internet is still up and working. That is fine. weird. It's so so strange. September sixth, oh, twenty twenty three. That's really soon, actually. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a few months. Much sooner than I expected. That is a few months. Um, I have it wish listed. I don't know if I'll pre order it. I might. I don't know. I know we have certain people in our Discord who are very against pre orders. <laughs> but I'm a. Uh, I'm interested. Uh, I liked... Did you guys see... Oh, I guess not. You didn't watch the direct. So they did a special edition that they're... You know, they're re- they always release things like Fallout you, 4. You could get the power armor helmet and things like that. So for Starfield, they've done a watch that is based on the watch that you get in the game that's kind of like your, quote, Pip-Boy of sorts. Nice. Um, and I think you can connect your watch to an app on your phone and then use the watch that you're wearing on your wrist and it'll work in-game. <laughs> So I thought that was pretty cool. And then they're also releasing a special Starfield-themed Xbox controller. Now, when I tell you that I don't normally get gaming paraphernalia like that, this controller looked sleek. And I want one. <laughs> Probably be 80 fucking dollars. Nice. But I want one. Oh. I don't, I don't know how much it's going to be. I'm just guessing it's going to be expensive. But it, No, thank you. It looks real sleek. It's based on, you know. But one of the things, too, is that you can design your ship and, and build it. Uh, hopefully a little, a little more intuitive than the gummy ships. <laughs> but they they reflect like, you know, when you build your ship up to what you want it to look like and then when you're walking up to it, you have this massive fucking ship that you built. Yeah, it's kind of cool. And I just think that's that's super cool. And uh, I look forward to it, man. Awesome. I am I'm very, very much looking forward to it. All right. So that is going to wrap up our summer games chat stuffs and uh is there anything else you guys would like to touch on yeah i got two things all right um in uh late july uh new blood is releasing the ludicrous edition of uh uh rise of the triad so that's gonna be really cool it's going to be a remix of uh, Rise of the Triad. It's going to have some graphics that got cut out of the original game. It's going to have new maps made by a lot of the people that work for New Blood. That's, that's going to be neat. Rise of the Triad was such a fun um, game back in the day. Hell yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And then um, I'm also looking forward to the next Brawlhalla crossover, which uh, I don't know if you heard about this, Stalton, but uh, the Brawlhalla crossover is Master Chief. That's what's up. Yeah. I did not hear about. They're that. literally bringing Master Chief up in there. That's that's awesome. all I got. I'm glad. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, on that note, then I will just kind of leave it here. Uh, if this is the end of this, and we don't put it in the actual episode, 
everybody take it easy. And if it's not the end and we're now going to shift into Resident Evil chat, then enjoy the spooks. All right. And we are back. Hope you guys enjoyed the news of all the releases coming out and everything. Yes, I'm still hard over Starfield. <laughs> in case you were wondering. And um, he's hard filled like Garfield. Hey. Hard filled like Garfield over Starfield up in this mug. Don't sleep on Sonic Superstars, baby. No. That game actually does look quite fun. As bad as I am at Sonic, I will play it. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a good one. I, I will say, I know I say that I'm bad at Sonic, but I was pretty freaking good at the last Sonic game that we did on the 2D levels. The 3D levels, I was awful. 2D levels, though, it was like the old Game Gear in me triggered. And I was like, okay, I kind of remember that. It's a 2D game, baby. It should work out good for you, though. Yeah. 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 Um, But yeah, so, gentlemen, these past two weeks we have been playing Resident Evil 2 Remake. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't do that in the... I miss, like, when they did it, and now they have the guy from 4 that does it as a Resident Evil or whatever. I just miss the Resident Evil, like the sin, more sinister-sounding one, but what do I know? Resident Evil 2 is, oh, O-Dubs. I guess I should announce what I'm actually O-dubs. going into. O-Dubs, the obligatory Wikipedia bullshit. Resident Evil 2 is a survival horror game developed and published by Capcom. A remake of the 1998 game Resident Evil 2, it was released for the PlayStation 4, Windows, and Xbox One in January 2019 for Amazon, or, yeah, in January 2019, and for Amazon Luna, everybody remember that? PlayStation 5. Y'all just making shit up now, bro. And Xbox Series X and S in June 2022. Let me tell you, the only good thing that came out of Amazon Luna was it was a pretty cool controller. I never got one, but for a while they were selling them for like $5. Um... <laughs> And a Nintendo Switch cloud version, boo, released in November of 2022. Players control the rookie police officer Leon S. Kennedy. The S stands for shyster. And the college student Claire Redfield as they attempt to escape from Raccoon City during a zombie uprising. Leon Kennedy! (laughs) Kennedy! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah um so nate this was your host pick my good sir so what what made you pick this yeah man um i just feel like we had some really bad experiences with horror games on this podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> so from my perspective this is one that's been on my radar for a long time like i said i really wanted to play this during last Halloween. We just, unfortunately, a worse game won the fan poll. Uh, <laughs> That's my bad. I based my expectations off the first game and hyped it. That's, that was fair. totally on me. It's fair. So I was like, you know what? We haven't played a horror game in a long time on this show, and I wanted to pick something a little bit different. I didn't want to make Dalton sit through another Metroidvania. So Resident Evil 2 seemed like a good time. So I was like, yep, we're doing it. I love that you said that because one of the first days that I was playing Resident Evil 2, I'm playing it and I realize I'm like, hey, man. So I know like Nate was like, I'm going to pick a game that Dalton's like, it's not going to be a Metroidvania. It'll be all right and everything. And then I realize I'm sitting here, I'm playing Resident Evil. I'm like, I'm running around. I'm backtracking. I can't get to places until I get new abilities and new things to get in and everything. God damn it. Nate picked another Metroidvania. (laughs) (laughs) But that was just me picking on Nate. 
Dalton's a bully, fellas. <laughs> I'm the villain of this show. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, Willie, what was your first impression with the game, uh, diving into it? Well, I mean, I think my first impression came even before I started playing it. Because, to be honest, I have never played a Resident Evil game before. This is one of those series that had, you know really loomed large in the survival horror uh, scope for a long time. But not only had I never played a Resident Evil game before, I didn't even play Silent Hill or any of those other PlayStation-era, like, horror games. So, I like, feel like the only one horror or- game we played in the PlayStation era was Parasite Eve. We did play Parasite Eve, but that one had a lot of more RPG elements. Like, yeah. Parasite Eve 2, which we did play first, actually, because of us being freaking weirdos was a little bit closer to like the tank control and all that. But Parasite Eve one was almost more RPG, like action RPG. Yeah. But yeah, that's true. But the, the closest thing I could think of to like contemporaneous to this was like the, uh, the original alone in the dark. And I remembered playing that like on Macintosh in like 1994 and thinking even at that point in time, I was like, this is really clumsy and not very fun. <laughs> and I was really worried that this game was going to have that kind of bad aging to it. So, like, I was really pleasantly surprised when I jumped into it and was like, okay, this game feels like, I don't know how much of it's the remake of it and how much of it's just the original game design. But it felt really surprisingly modern. And I was immediately, like, enjoying the way the game builds and then releases tension. Like, it gives you that immediate opening cutscene and, uh, you know, the truck driver and all that, which was like, it seemed like something you would see in just a horror movie that you would expect to be seeing on basic cable at some point in time. Like, it wasn't the scariest thing I ever saw, but it seemed like, you know, legit horror movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the, uh, the truck driver in the beginning. So, when this game was first coming out, and you guys know me, I watch a lot of PlayStation Access and, and uh, outside Xbox. I will never forget watching outside Xboxes like when they were watching that trailer and Andy Cohen. Oh my God, look at that burger. Oh, that burger. I just want a bite of that burger. It looks so good. That's the best burger I've ever seen. And then I watched PlayStation Accesses and Rob goes, would you look at that burger? That's, that's the greatest cheeseburger I've ever seen in a video game. I could eat that right now. And I'm like, <laughs> it really did. Fair. It was delicious. To be fair, that is a good-looking cheeseburger. <laughs> it is. It was. A, it was not a bad cheeseburger. I'll be. I'll be real. It was. Uh, it was rather juicy looking. There's but a. Uh, there's a mod. It's definitely the kind you keep inside the wrapper halfway, so you don't get too much leakage. You oh, know. Yeah. There's a mod where somebody said, like they replaced the model of the cheeseburger with like a chicken patty or something because they were like, <laughs> get rid of that gross ass burger. And I was like, bro, what are you talking about? <laughs> that thing looked delicious. Yeah, but I do want to talk about that opening cutscene a little bit too because yeah. oh, for it sure. looks Go nuts, man. really good. Like it's really well animated. Like it's more realistic than things you see in more modern games. I feel like at times too. Like just this truck driver listening to the radio. It's like it's starting to talk about the beginnings of the outbreak. Like there's this guy talking about on the radio on a talk show talking about this what we now know was a zombie and he was like man, this woman was crazy and all this kind of stuff and his radio starts going out he starts punching he's like damn man it was just getting good and so he's looking away from the road and he runs right into a zombie he didn't know he saw it was a normal lady on the road he runs right into her and he stops the truck he's like oh god damn oh, shit what am i gonna do <laughs> while he's turned away 
it just perfectly like the zombie gets up and comes up behind him which is like such a good opening cutscene like Willie said it's like something you'd see on cheesy cable TV movie going on that your mom's watching at 2pm on a Tuesday but like Hell yeah. <laughs> it's really really and well I mean done. that fully complimentary when I say it that way too yeah like it, it it's good it, it it was it genuinely was very it nice. sets such a good tone for the rest of the game yeah mm. it, it gave me um are you afraid of the dark vibes you know where sure yeah it's kind of like they didn't quite get to the gore yet but it was enough to kind of be like ooh, what oh um, the gore is coming <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah now from that point, depending on who you choose, is the next cutscene that you get. Um, so I'll be honest; I only played the game as Leon, so I can't com- uh, talk anything about Claire's story. Okay. Um, and Nate, you played through some of Claire, right? Yeah, I played through. I got through part of the police station as Claire. I didn't go super deep. I was like, you know what? I'm happy and done with this game where I am for right now. I'll come back and do Claire later. But like, yeah. But no, I did play part of Claire. Okay, um, they both end up in you know the same places. It's just kind of a different order of events mm-hmm. in a way. Um, but so we'll talk about Leon. Yeah, I think for the most part we'll concentrate on Leon's story yeah. through this. So if there's any like things Dalton you can really talk about, we'll throw that in there. But I think let's let's concentrate mostly on Leon through this episode. I would say. Yeah, that's fine. So uh, he's riding in his car, and uh, I don't remember. If he, he was listening to the radio as well, I don't know. You end up coming up, pulling up to this gas station and there's a car there with a the door open and he, he kind of like, hello, is there anybody here? And all of a sudden, uh, uh, all the zombies start appearing and, oh, wait, no, no, I'm sorry. You have to go inside first, right? You do go inside first. That's, yes. that's right. That's right. It's when you come out that they're all there. Um, when you go walking into the first and foremost, um, this is a game where I feel like setting your brightness is very important. Like getting that good mix of light where it's light and dark where it's supposed to be dark really sets that mood. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and it shows it off immediately when you go into this gas station and you're walking and you kind of have the lights shining through. Um, so you kind of make your way through. And you find the guy sitting on the ground holding his neck, his fucking blood pouring out of him, and he just points to the room behind him. And uh, you end up walking back there, and there's like a cop trying to handle this person, and he's like, stay back, blah, blah, blah. And then homeboy gets a nice piece of beef jerky bit out of his neck. Yeah. And... uh Oh yeah, there's it's like a just nasty old like tendon cord of meat that gets pulled yeah. out of the dude's neck. Like so it's, it's a very good gory effect. Like yeah. it gets you in the mind of like if you were watching a lot of horror movies that are from like the eighties and nineties and reading like Fangoria magazine and it's like, here's the special effects of all the cool gore you saw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like this is like that moment too where you're like, Yeah, this game is not gonna pull a lot of punches when it comes to some of the gore. Yeah. Yeah. Now Yeah. <clears throat> To, to flash back, when I was growing up, my buddy Emmett and his brother really liked Resident Evil 2. But they, you know, obviously back then it was the original. Mm-hmm. And I could never get into it. I would, I would play it, and it was just hard as hell to me. Um, so I was happy when I was playing this, and 
at this moment that you're coming up where you have to defend yourself against this zombie, that combat was much more fluid. Whereas in the older games, I feel like they made combat difficult to try to get you to avoid it because mm. that was kind of part of the thing. Ammo was scarce. And that was something they were a little more lenient on, at least in the difficulties that I played. Um, but I... The the stark difference, just like going going into this gas station and just being like, oh my god, this is not what I remember at all. So this was like a whole new experience to me, and it was fantastic. Um, but that scene, when he bites his throat out and just tears it off, something about neck injuries just yeah. kill me. Like watching somebody get their throat slit always gives me a little shiver down the spine. Yeah. So, this, this scene just got me right in the beginning. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, this is a horror game. Let's do this. Yeah, oh, God. You, you got to adjust your mindset and be prepared for what's coming. Like, Yeah, exactly. And, and so, like, at that point, like, you have to try to get past the zombie to get to the back and get a key and be able to unlock another room and get out, which was a very clever way of kind of showing you. This was a really clever way to do a tutorial stage. Because that's essentially what the gas station was, was a tutorial stage. Like, okay, there's zombies here. You have two options. Use your pistol or run. And then you have to achieve your objective one way or the other by getting to the key and being able to leave. Because, like, I believe what happened was is some of the aisle stands got pushed over so you couldn't go back the way you had came. So, like, at that point, you're having to go a different way. So you'd find the key and open the other door to get out while avoiding or taking down the zombies. But you also have to do be mindful of the ammo because it is still not super common. It's not like it's not like Doom when you shoot a shotgunner and he's going to drop a shotgun with two more shells for you. you got, yeah. You're not getting all that extra ammo, so you have to be conservative with it. And, and Yeah, in fact, I mean, I'm pretty sure it makes a point to make sure you don't have enough ammo to kill everything in that area. Yeah. So you really quickly have to, you know, cut and run. Yeah, and that was one thing that was interesting to me because... I mean, in all zombie fiction, kill the brain, kill the ghoul. Like, even the song uh, by Creature Feature, Can I pose a question? How do you kill what is dead? I like to shoot from the hip and I aim for the head. (laughs) And I'm like, I shot the zombie in the head and it just went, grr, and kept coming at me. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So I shot him in the head again, grr, and I was dude. And so then the third bullet finally took him down and I was like, okay, so this is what we're dealing with. Yeah, I don't. I'm not exactly sure <clears throat> how like where you shoot the enemy affects it, other than specific enemies. But I do remember reading something that there was variability, so it was going to take different amounts of shots to take down different zombies. Like they're programmed, so it's a little bit different for each one. So some of them are going to take two shots and the head explodes, and some of them are actually going to take five. So like it's making okay. you try to play that game a little bit smarter and not just go in guns akimbo, you know. Yeah. Okay. You can't just think of it video game style, like right. when you run into that one fat zombie pretty early on, and it just like seems like it's just eating your bullets alive, and it's like, oh damn it. Yeah. Yeah. And there were very many points in this game where I was like, how am I going to get through this? Because I don't have the ammo. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of just kind of run. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really all you can do. It's a feasible strategy because I beat the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I think run is the correct answer whenever run is a viable answer. But this this is also the moment where um, Leon and Claire meet for the first time. Where, correct me if I'm wrong, 
does Leon, Leon doesn't save her both times, right? Like, because in Claire's, like, when you're playing through the as Claire and you come into the gas station, the door opens and she's standing there and Leon's like, duck! And she ducks and he blasts that zombie in the head. Um, I don't remember if that's how it started in the beginning of this one either. Sorry, I played a lot of Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> um, but either way, this is when they first meet and then they're riding in the car um, to the police station. And if I remember correctly, shenanigans happen and they end up getting split. Yeah, so it actually ties back into that intro cutscene with the truck driver because he's yes. driving his truck because like they end up getting to like a blockage in the road and they're like, all right, I guess we're on foot from here. And then zombies start attacking the cop car from both sides and they're like, Leon, I can't get out of here. They're like, okay. So they close the door and then behind them, they see headlights just barreling in towards them. Right. And it's this truck driver who's holding his neck because he's been bit and he's like slowly losing himself. So he's like not really driving as well as he could. And he's heading into Raccoon City as well and just plows into where their car is. That's right. Because then it falls over and blows the fuck up. Yep. And then that's how Claire and and then they end up getting out of the car and that's how Claire and um, Leon end up getting split apart. Which I think is kind of a cool storytelling thing where it's like, all right, so now they need to try to meet back up again. Every time they kind of interact with one another, they're like, we're going to make it through this. We got this. So it's cool to have like that. They had that like little support system because otherwise you just get dropped solo into a situation like that. I'd lose my fucking mind. Yeah, I think it was a really clever way of giving this game a little bit more depth and a little more gameplay because, like, this game would have been a lot shorter if it had just been one character story. But then they added in, like, well, no, we can play this as both people because they're both doing different things at the same time. I thought that was a really clever way to create the game, even though not really because the story kind of is the same for both characters. But when you play it, but, you know, I still Uh like that. I still like how they handled that a lot. So I mean, I think it's still neat that they get to approach different problems from different. Yeah, angles, absolutely. You know? Like you get split up very early on, and yet you're both you have the same goal of trying to get to the police station at first, you know, et cetera. So in the original, it, it doesn't do it as much in the in the remake, but in the original, if you played through as Claire first, um, or Leon, whichever, it would open up these things called second run. So you would go through, um, like say Claire. Uh, first run and then go play Leon second run and as Leon in second run like you'll find notes from Claire and things like that throughout throughout the whole thing and I know they did that in this one as well where it opens up second run yeah Um, but I played Leon's first run and then Claire's first run and then I played Leon's second run so what I should have done is played Leon's first run then Claire's second run then Claire's first run then Leon's second run and that would have <laughs> tied the story in a little better hmm. but you know, I fuck up sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't have known that. You just played it in the order that made the most sense. Yeah. Uh, but I was just, but uh, in any case, the stories do differ a little on the second run, but it's n- not enough to make it like world shattering difference. Yeah. But then you just got to kind of, from that point, you just got to make your way through zombies and through the, the streets and get your, make your way to the police station, which is where the real game kicks off. That's where most of it happens. Yeah. That uh, police now, station. It, I loved it. I'll say that much. The atmosphere. I was going to say, we don't have to run through this beat by beat. But no, like we're not atmosphere. going to. But there is the one specific station. part of the police station I do want to bring up because that's what really set the tone for the rest of the game for me. Uh, I think Willie actually has the I most to say about it. Like, I want you to kind of describe it because it is what you're thinking of. Yeah, okay, cool. 
Um, so, early on, the entire police station's in lockdown. You don't really run into any survivors at first. You get a, a camera that basically, like, you log into a computer, you see, like, a camera, and it's, like, showing a guy who's like, come over here, help me out and shit. And so you try to wander off over to the east side of the building, and there's a dude that's, like, halfway underneath a security door that's, like, shutting actively and he's being attacked by zombies and he's trying to like you know help oh and leon's like oh i'll get you out and grabs him by the arms and starts pulling on him pulling on him and the guy's like screaming and stuff and you keep on pulling you drag him out from underneath there and the zombies have bitten off the entire lower half of his body and you just see like intestines and spine and stuff hanging out there's no legs left yeah and like Personally, I do think that ended up being the absolute goriest part of the game, but God, if that didn't set the tone for what you expect for the rest of the damn game. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it, it, it's absolutely just visual language for, I am not going to play games with you. Nasty things are going to happen to people. They're going to get hurt in horrible ways. And if you didn't get grossed out by viscera being pulled out of the neck, seeing it come out the bottom of someone's you know, navel, like, oh, it's good. <laughs> did you, did you happen to read his name tag and see what his name was? No, no. What oh, was his name? Legolas. What? Oh, you piece <laughs> of shit. Get out of here. Zing. Anyway. All yeah, out here with the corny dad jokes tonight. <laughs> Always. Dude, that, that, that moment where, oh, no, when he was sitting there pulling on, I'm like, I'm going to save you. I'll save you. I'm like, bro. Nope. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but what I thought would happen was maybe he would, like, maybe a zombie would be attached to the leg when he was pulling him out. I thought he would at least pull a leg through. <laughs> I didn't think it was just going to be half the dude. He's half the man he used to be. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but the... Oh, man. You guys, at some point, there's just so much, like, you guys have to play through three. Oh, at some I want point, to. Just Absolutely. To see Oh, hell yeah, for sure. The police station before this, like the uh, wandering around in the police station got so creepy in some spots. Like there were just times where my shoulders just hurt because I was just tense. <laughs> yeah. So this game is does a master class of building tension because it just knows when a to give you a room to breathe where it'll make you anticipate what's going on and what will happen next and then when it does happen you're like oh shit and then you get through there and you finally get that moment of tension relief you're like because like there's this room that you get to it's like the dark room where you can like like um like a photography dark room and like nothing ever comes in there like when you're in there you're like okay everything's okay here but then like you have you know you can't just stay there because you have to continue so like your, your whole goal is to try to find a way through the police station so you can a get back out with um claire and then so you had to go through the police station like find out how to get through all these locked doors like there's this hidden passage that there's notes on that you have to solve these puzzles to get to like you have to get these like uh, medallions and put them in a certain place so you can get through this secret passage yeah. which takes you into the basement area and it's just but, like doing all of that while avoiding zombies and then when it starts throwing new things at you while you're doing that like because the first one's not too bad you're like oh yeah I got this medallion just going through these regular zombies right it's not too long after that that you've run into 
what is known as a liquor. Yeah, the mm. liquors. Dude, that was one of the things that freaked me out as a kid because even on the PlayStation 1, when the liquors get introduced, that is a scary fucking moment. <laughs> yeah. Because you're just, in the in the original, you're just running down a hallway and it's quiet and all of a sudden the liquor just bursts through the window. Boom! And you're like, oh my God! And I kind of think the same thing things this. like that are what the uh, Left for Dead special uh, infected are kind of like inspired yeah. by. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and like liquor is like the first like alternate zombie that you run into, like the one that's kind of like more special and different from the standard zombies. And its whole thing is like it has no sense of sight, like it does everything by sound. But like if there's other zombies around and you're in a room with a liquor and other zombies, it's just like horrifying because the zombies are gonna get you. But if you make too much noise, the liquor's really gonna get you. Really gonna get you. Um and you know, after they introduce the liquor and everything, and you're still doing those statues, you come up on the second statue, you do that uh, puzzle, you get that medallion, you go and you put it back in there, you're still missing that one. And this is where the backtracking starts coming in mm. a lot in the police station because you find the third place you need to go, but it's blocked by a wall that has C4 on it. So then you have to find a detonator for that, but the detonator doesn't have a battery. So then you have to go and find a battery, and then you take that battery, combine it with the detonator, which makes the detonator on. Then you can go back, stick it on there, run, go do the, it. Blows up. It knocks your way out of the room over, uh, like a, a a big shelf in the way of it. And then you have to go in there, do your statue, and guess guess what? Was it? Uh, I think in Claire's it was liquors that came and got her, but in the Leon's was it? The dogs that showed up in that scene? No, it was, it was still the liquors. It was right? still liquors, yeah. Yeah, dogs are later in the, the yeah. parking garage. But yeah. Um, yeah, that big boom, of course, is going to bring those fucking blind motherfuckers in there. <laughs> yeah, so you now you're dealing with, with trying to get around a liquor. Oh, it's a lot. The one thing we haven't mentioned yet that I think is really cool about this game, too, is you do have like your guns right and you can upgrade and find different ones i like when you could upgrade your current guns and make them better but there was yeah. also um sub weapons and so like the sub weapons were a combat knife so like and this was one of my favorite things you could have a combat knife a grenade or a flash grenade i think those were the three main sub weapons i might be forgetting one but so like say you actually do get attacked by a zombie if you don't have a sub weapon equipped it'll just bite you and you'll take some damage and your health will go to like caution instead of fine fine is good then there's caution then there's danger but if you have a sub weapon equipped it opens a quick time event where if you hit the sub weapon button you can like if you have the knife you can just plunge the knife into them which will knock them off of you or if you have a grenade you shove a grenade in their mouth when they're trying to bite you and then you can shoot the grenade <laughs> yeah that's my favorite is sticking to the grenade in their mouth and when they back up by their friends and i'm just like boom and blow them all up but one of the reasons I wanted to... That's a very Doom 2016 energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but one of the reasons I wanted to bring up sub-weapons at this point, talking about the liquors, too, is because there is one of those that is really good, which is the flash grenade, because it makes a lot of noise, and the, it confuses the liquor for a few seconds, so you have time to actually sprint away if you use one of those. Yeah. And the thing about the liquors, dude, is they're one of those that I was very torn on. Like, do I want to leave this thing here? To have to come and deal with it later, or do I want to kill it now and use the ammo? You know, like could you kill? I, I didn't kill a single liquor. Oh, you didn't kill him? No. 
Oh yeah, 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 dude. You they take a, a good amount of shots, but blast I, them like. I was because my my theory on it was I had an easier time killing the regular zombies and then just creeping around the liquors. So that was more of my strategy when it came to them. Okay, that's totally that, that's a good probably a better strategy if I'm honest. That saves ammo. Yeah. <laughs> But, but like, no. I mean, to be honest, the entire way this game approaches ammo is so foreign to the way I'm used to playing this kind of game. Where it's like, I'm, well, not this kind of game, but like, I think of Doom, and it's like, when you give me a bunch of ammo in Doom, it's like telling me, oh shit, now the danger's ahead. Whereas in this game, it's more along the lines of, oh, you haven't given me ammo, now I should be scared. <laughs> yeah. 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 You walk up into a, a, an area, and there's like some shotgun ammo, some handgun ammo, and a couple herbs. And you're just like, uh, uh oh. Yeah. And the <laughs> herbs are what are one of the healing items. There's first aid spray and yeah. herbs. Um, yeah. And the way the game handles inventory is pretty cool. Cause like everything takes an inventory slot. You start with like, I think very limited, like eight maybe. And you can, ex- eight slots, and you yeah. can expand that if you find hip pouches throughout the game. You can get up to 20. 20. Okay. I never got to max out, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but no, like, I can't remember exactly, because this still happens in the first part of the game, too. Like, this before you even get to the basement, a helicopter just randomly crashes into the police station. Yeah, it was a rescue helicopter, and it just lo- loses control, and boom. Although I wouldn't say random, because you'd actually get, like, a, you hear a radio transmission from the helicopter well before that That's happens. That's true. But around that same time that the helicopter comes through, like, I need to get through where this helicopter is. How do I do this? This huge, enormous dude. He is just a dude who's like eight foot tall, wears a fedora, and is jacked <laughs> as hell, wearing a trench coat. He's like the scariest milady you've ever seen. Just <laughs> like seriously punches straight through where the helicopter was, opening up a path there. But guess what? He is going to follow you for the rest of the goddamn game. So he is a tyrant, and his name is Mr. X, Yeah, and he is a bastard. The funny thing about it, officially in the game, it's called Tyrant, right? But there was so much, um, like when this game came out for the PlayStation back in the day, like there was so much, um, like the official strategy guide came out, and they didn't really have a name for him. They just all called him Mr. X, and then they started releasing like action figures called Mr. X with him, even though he was never referred to that in the game, and that's just a name that got adopted by the Resident Evil community, and people still call him Mr. X today. To this day, yeah. Um, there are but, also hilarious mods. Um, you can replace Mr. X with Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe there's one that replaces him with Shrek, which <laughs> might be more scary. Oh, I hope whenever he shows up, because like you know, like when he's walking around, you can hear him stomping. That's how you know he's close, and you're like, oh crap, I got to deal with him now. And there's zombies around, but like it'd be hilarious if when the Shrek mod's on, if it's just like it, in the distance, you hear. Somebody wants to me. <laughs> <laughs> Every time he hits you, get out of my swamp. Because, <laughs> like, dude will punch. Like, he's terrifying, but, like, he'll only punch you for, like, one damage. So it's not, like, the end of the world if you do get grabbed, hit by him, hit by him, or whatever. But, like, you see him and you're like, my plans have just changed. Because what I'd like to do is, like, I'd get to a safe room, a room that I felt was relatively safe, check my map. 
look and see where I wanted to go next. So then I'd start heading that direction. And all of a sudden, I'd either hear footsteps or see that big bastard just standing there like, got to find a different way now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's, I think that's another very, very clever thing this game does is like, it knows that you're going to sit there, plan this out, try to come up with the perfect strategy to get through it. And then it just throws a wrench at you, whether it be tyrant or anything else. It's just always throwing wrenches at your plans. Yeah. Um, and, and they do that again a little bit like after. So you think you might have escaped him. Once you finally get that third that third medallion and you get the, the underground facility open and you, and you head down there. Um, I You know, he still ends up showing up. Like later on, when you get past the sewer and you're like you're in the laboratory, he still shows up and he just doesn't. And it's because the tyrants are programmed or programmed, but they're like genetically programmed to listen to their creators. And their creators told them to eliminate anyone uh, that could possibly uh, fuck up the virus. So the fact that these guys know about it is basically it's kind of like that SCP where if you see it. It will hunt you down and kill you. There's nothing you can do about it. That's what he's Same doing. concept. And like he was sent to the, this. There were multiple ones sent out that night. I've read this lore online. This was not in the game. I'm sure maybe it's covered in future games, like from some lore packages or whatever. But like there were multiple tyrants sent out that night. This one was sent to the police station because of everything that had happened with the zombies and the G virus there to just eliminate any survivors. And so yeah. that's why he's after you and on your ass so hard is because you're hard to kill. <laughs> and then, uh, and then my boy, my boy is the other tyrant <clears throat> that you'll see in three stars. Okay. That's all I'll say. Stars. Uh, dude, like I'm <laughs> genuinely looking forward to any more Resident Evil we get to. Cause yeah, uh, spoiler for later. This game's fucking fantastic. <laughs> it's really fucking good. Um, so, I know we're not going to go. Oh yeah, like I said, I know we're going to go for B for B. So I want to bring up the scariest part of this game to me. It was in Claire's story, which, by the way, expected to love Leon and love his story, and I did. But I think I liked Claire's more by the end of it. Like I just found Claire more relatable for some reason. But there is a fucking so because <clears throat> she's not a fucking cop. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Damn, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Willie coming out with the A cab. Um, the uh, do you remember Nate at the end of the uh, Leon when you meet back up with Claire? Yeah, she's got a little girl with her. Yeah, I was kind of curious about that. Yeah. So you find that little girl in the underground facility. Okay. Um, when you're in when you're playing as Claire, that do makes you sense. okay. So that moment where. You're on the TV monitors with her. Uh, when Leon's, well, no, that, that moment when Leon is coming up in the underground facility and that that big that other monster mm-hmm. <laughs> comes out, uh, Birkin. Birkin, yeah, yeah, and <clears throat> you have to fight him. So in that moment, Claire, when she's going across that bridge, she sees the little girl, and the little girl's like, "Don't hurt her!" And the guy's like, and going at it. Um, mm. So from then on, you're kind of like having to protect this little girl was running around with you. Well, there's a spot in the parking garage where this guy shows up and he's like, Oh, thank God you're safe. 
And then uh, I wish I could remember that little girl's name right now. I can't. Doesn't matter. Whatever. So uh, the little girl, he's like, tells the little girl, come with me. And he points a gun at Claire and tells her, get on your fucking knees, bitch. And she's like, are you serious right now? And he shoots a car and he goes, I'm goddamn serious. And he gets on. He makes the little girl tie Claire up. And then he takes the little girl with him. Well, you end up having, much like in Leon's campaign where you take over as Ada for a while, mm-hmm. you have to play as the little girl oh. in this fucking serial killer dude's house. <laughs> oh, no. Damn. And you have to run around and like sneak around and try to find your way to get out. And you end up going to this room where he's in there and there's a dead body that he's killed <sighs> on the table. And he's like, <clears throat> I don't know what he's doing to it. Not anything yeah, yeah, sexual. But yeah, yeah. He's, he's got to tie. So then you get the key or whatever and you take some of the acid that he's going to use to dissolve the, the body or whatever and you smash it in his face and it burns his face he's like oh i'm gonna get you you little bitch and then it becomes you running from this dude through the house and when i tell you guys when i was and then you get into this other room and you have to hide from him and sneak around to get the and lock him in this room and dude by the time this whole section was over i was this little girl and i finally escaped the house and got back to where i needed to do I had this serious pain in my left arm that made me think I was having a heart attack. <laughs> Just from the stress Because of I it. was so stressed and tense from the scene. Like, dude, it was unlike anything I have dealt with in a game for a long time. And, oh, Jesus. Like... I can't wait for you to get there and I could like so you just you could feel the tension because even me telling you that it's coming is not going to help yeah. like uh it's so rough Dude. and it made me love this fucking game <laughs> one of my favorite scenes was like because like you're at the police station right so eventually you get into the prison area <clears throat> and you're walking around the prison there's just zombies in every <laughs> cell right and you finally get to this one cell where there's this guy like hey man you gotta help me get out of here there's all these monsters and i'm just here by myself it's so, like you're like all right i gotta try to help get this guy out of jail or whatever so you do all the stuff to help try to get this guy out of jail oh my god that's right yeah <laughs> right and when you're finally about to get him out like he's like a reporter or something he has like this tape that you want to hear he's got that you can listen to but like right as you're about to let him out an arm shoots through the wall not like a window just through the wall through a concrete wall through a concrete wall grabs him just starts destroying his head and like you can just kind of see who is doing it and it's tyrant slash mr rex and you're just like yeah oh god i gotta run again (laughs) so i don't know if it was just the way that i navigated the police station or what but i saw that scene before the helicopter thing oh really it might have right, been. I'm so having trouble remembering the exact order. In either case, like when that oh, boom and he grabs his head and lifts him up and the guy's like, help me, help me. <laughs> and then you you got, you know, the Willie, the uh, uh, the claw, like the Carrie Von Eric claw. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the actual the name cr- of it, but yeah. the, that claw that they would do, the iron claw on the head. The iron claw, yeah. He basically has that on this dude's head. And it's like, what if that actually really fucking hurt somebody because he pops his head like pop and his like eyeball shoots out and it's just like in the brain and it's just like jesus christ yeah dude, what that, grip strength that scene like freaked me out i loved it like it was so good like what is that danny hodge 
And there's just like what? so many scenes in this game, like thinking through it, like they really are that good. Like I forget how many good scenes there are until I sit here and start thinking of all the ones that I remember. I mean, one of the ones that stuck out to me was down in the laboratory, which by the way, the laboratory looks sleek and beautiful. I love mm-hmm. that whole area. Um, but when you're going into the one of the sectors and you go in there and there's just that dude against the window. Oh, yeah. That's sector with one. All those sector plants. one, I think. Yeah. Or two. And you need that the purple thing for your wrist band. to get yeah. through the wristband thing. And it's just flashing on his chest. Yeah. And he's just there. And you're like, oh, well, how am I going to figure this out? And this is when these like weird plant mutation zombies come into play. They're terrible. And I knew, I know you hate them. That's why I wanted to bring them up because you had to shoot them in their bulbs to get them to die or else they would just keep getting up. Well, they will just keep getting up to th- th- get them to, I, well, the way I found to get them to die was to burn them with the flamethrower until they turn <laughs> crispy. <laughs> Deep fry those fuckers. Yeah. Like, I love the flamethrower. It got me through a lot. Like, the actual the monster that I hated the most was the one in the sewer that, like, would throw, like, little bugs or something at you. Like, Oh, yeah. Those weird, grotesque. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe them. They were just monstrosities. Yeah. From what I looked up, they're called lesser G monsters. So, I think they're, like, poor, like, the ones that didn't take the G trans. Um, formation as well as Birkin ended up taking. Right, so it's like failed yeah. experiments. And like I hated those guys. Like they they were hard to kill. You had to shoot them in their bowl. Their like eyes that kind of popped out of their arm. Yeah. And they took so many shots. Like that's one of the areas I was really terrified of running out of ammo. The I cannot explain to you how just unnerved the eyes in random places on these things creeped. It just, oh, dude, <laughs> hit me in all the wrong ways in the best way, but like truly grotesque. Like I couldn't, ugh. yeah, nasty ass body order. You look, mm-hmm. yeah, just oh man. And for me, like when I think about this game, it did everything horror that I think should be a horror. Like, I don't know, like, the way that Outlast 2 did things didn't hit like the way this, the things this game did hit. The things this game did hit so well and strong and good. I don't know, it's hard to put my finger on exactly what made this game so much better as far as narratively and just, like, because it's still poor, it's still scary and gross, but it's, like, a different kind that actually works and is good. <laughs> I, I think, and... And Willie, you can touch on this too, and Nate, you can as well if you would like. I think it's a. I think this did atmosphere better. Mm, sure, just, absolutely. It it's just so good at what it does as far as making your surroundings and just giving you the vibe of like this place was once lived in, but something really fucking bad has happened here. You know, with the smears of blood everywhere and yeah, just corpses. <laughs> but the other thing too is this game doesn't go out of its way to try to be edgy. Yeah. yeah. You know, as much as I thought that the religious cult 
storyline would be cool because Far Cry 5 was fantastic and that had a crazy religious cult story. It just didn't come off the way I wanted it to in Outlast. It just kind of seemed like an edgy diss at religion. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's something weirdly just elemental about the way that this game handled things, too, where it's like, if you see a dead body with a streak of blood, you immediately want to follow that streak of blood and be like, okay, where did this come from? What happened here? Like, you get you get to trusting no one very hard early on in this yeah. game. And every time you see a body sitting on the floor, you're like, how long until that stands up and tries to eat me? Yep. <laughs> Exactly. It's like, yeah. okay, I've walked by you a hundred times. I know on the hundred and fifth time, yep. I'm going to have done something yeah. that is going to trigger you, and you're going to grab my ankle as I come by. I experienced that hardcore yeah. in the laboratory when I was trying to take the pesticide solution to, to the freezer, and there was this, that body of the doctor in the freezer. I was like, he's going to stand up and get me at some point. I know it. Mm-hmm. I aimed my gun at him several times, like, get up, buddy. Just do it right now. And he never did. He never did. He just like built that anticipation in me so much that never got released, which was so good at tension building, which is what this game was so good at. And yeah, absolutely. There's just a just a professional, just like a craftsmanship through this from start to finish. Another good example of that, in my opinion, is when you go into uh, the locker room shower area and there's a bunch of lockers and I'm opening them and getting items. And I was like. I know that there is going to be a zombie in one of these lockers because even in the Metal Gear games, like you'll just open a locker and a body will just fall out of it and scare you. Yeah. And and sure enough, there was one locker left and I'm like, okay, there's probably going to be a zombie in here. Or something. And I open it and the zombie falls out and I was still like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, I, I should have known. I did know. Still scared me. God damn it. What? Why? Why am I like this? <laughs> the moment you, the moment you trusted it. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that guy um, just—it's really impressive to me that they were able to time all of these scares out like that. That it worked every single time. Yeah. yeah like I have no idea how much playtesting it has to take for them to get that like psychological element in. But damn, if they don't nail that. Yeah. Like how long? Because certain scares can just happen organically. Some of them are definitely baked into the game. Yeah. And it's like them figuring out how long is long enough for the to, for, to us for us to give them a false sense of security. Where they're like, okay, they mm. think they're safe. Let's give them a minute and a half of feeling like, okay, things are going good. And then let's... Uh, Mr. X breaks through the wall here. God, when he did that in the lab, dude, like, I literally paused my game, alt-tabbed out, messaged Dalton, like, what the fuck? The big guy's here, too? Yeah, he is everywhere. Because, <laughs> like, I specifically remember that moment and just alt-tabbing out. I was like, I need to breathe and say shit to Dalton real quick. <laughs> I think even Leon's like, you got to be shitting me. You're here too. Oh, dude, speaking of Leon too, because like I had a lot more experience with him, Claire. He is the perfect horror uh, protagonist because like he takes it all seriously, right? But he still comes up with these silly, like you'd hear him in a movie one-liners that make you feel once again, like you're in a movie instead of real life in a way that I really appreciate. Yeah. And that is 
that is like trademark Resident Evil. Like Resident Evil has always had very campy dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, I can remember, I believe it's a moment in the first Resident Evil game where uh, Barry saves Jill from this one section and he just goes, Yeah. You were almost a Jill sandwich. A Jill sandwich. <laughs> and like they've just carried on that energy throughout all the games and I love it. Yeah. And I think it's, that's another great point that this game does to disperse your tension a little bit too. It gives you that one quick witty Arnold Schwarzenegger one liner that you go, ha <laughs> lightens the load on your shoulders a little bit and then you go right back into, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure, dude. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think that there were any other particular moments that jumped out to me in Claire's other than just that one. Mm-hmm. You know, the rest of it was pretty much you were seeing the same areas. Yeah. But instead of doing the the weird stuff with Ada, which let's talk about that for a second. The puzzles that you had to do with Ada, specifically the burning room. Uh, yeah, and that one felt a little unfair because like if – because, like, like, the thing with Ada is, like, she has this thing that can, like, and it feels, like, kind of out of place in this game. That's the one thing I will say is feels really out of place in the game is her little, like, electric um, box opener. So, basically, what she can do is she can, you hold the left trigger with this thing equipped and it'll do, like, an x-ray through the wall where you can see where wires are, like, attached to fuse boxes and stuff. And then you can hit the right trigger, I think, to change what it's the where the current is going to it kind of threw me off a little bit and like that particular one you're mentioning where you're in the incinerator where Annette has locked you in it just felt like really contrived because you just had to like hit the buttons fast enough and make sure that you could unlock it before you burn to death eh, I felt like that was pretty eh I felt like the whole her whole thing was kind of eh but that's just me yeah um I like the character. Yeah. I like the character, though. But, like, just... Yeah. The- Ada herself is a badass. But yeah. Yeah, her section... Yeah, I would have liked to have seen a little something a little different with that. Um, just because, like like you said, it just kind of seemed odd. Although, you know, later on, you kind of find out a little more about her and realize yeah. that the technology she's using is actually probably far more uh, advanced than just some cop or FBI or whoever the hell she says she is. Yeah, but it... it- Gameplay wise, I do feel like it feels a little out of place. Yeah. Now, one thing I did want to mention that I forgot about one of the uh, one of the sections where I actually died a few times before I realized uh, what I was actually doing um, in the sewer. When you first meet up with Ada, and you go walking in, you go walking into the uh, that concrete area. You kind of see something in the moonlight, and then it just goes. You hear, and it gets up and walks away, and you're like, "What the fuck was that?" You go walking out there, you're walking down and everything's fine and everything. And then Ada's like, yeah, why don't you go ahead and hop on down? So like Leon hops down into the sewer and then I'm going to call it a big mutated gator. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It stinks freaking huge and just starts chasing you. And suddenly it becomes a boulder level from Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> it really does. That's the best description of it. Wow. Because you're <laughs> running like work. towards the camera and you have to dodge where it's striking. Like it took me a couple times to figure out what I needed to do too. I was like, why am I dying? I'm running as fast as I can. Yeah. I'm like, what? I'm oh, I have to strafe. Okay. <laughs> it, that was a pretty silly section, but I, I didn't mind that one though. That was pretty funny. And it also like also shows that like, oh, this virus does not just impact human life forms. Oh, no. And <laughs> and then also you uh 
you get that scene where it finally bites that big pipe and Leon turns and shoots it and it just blows it to smithereens. Yeah, that was so good. And it's just raining blood and guts for a second. From a lacerated sky. Yeah. Uh, just tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. Um, anything else that particularly jumps out to you that you wanted to touch on? I think that's about it for the game for me, honestly. like I will say like I love the exploration and everything. I will say the one area I think it might be the weakest in is the boss fights. I feel like they were a little bit mm, irritating yeah. and the bosses were a little bit extra tanky. Like, I get it. It's supposed to be stressful and hard. But I also read somewhere that though the more ammo you have going into the bosses, the more hits they take to kill. Oh. That doesn't seem like a great mechanic. That would not surprise me because... I don't. Uh, I watched a, a retrospective video on the entire Resident Evil series. It was twelve hours long. It took me a few days to watch the whole thing, but uh, I don't remember if it was that or the Silent Hill one that I watched, where they said that when you got to the final boss of insert game in the series here, uh, if you didn't have any ammo, the game would kill the boss for you. <laughs> that way, you could still beat it. Wow! Be- because it was like I think it was one of the Silent Hills because it was like a psychological thing in your head. So it was like however much ammo you had is what ammo it took to kill the boss. Yeah, it's that was my favorite mechanic, and I think like because like I wanted to go into bosses prepared, so if I had a feeling I was heading into one, I would stock up on everything that I'd passed over when I played the game. But I think that might have actually screwed me over. And when I finally got to the lab area, I had like no ammo left going in. I made it through just fine. I think the game has a little bit of something up its sleeve for you as far as ammo and things like that goes. Yeah, for sure. But like, I do think the boss battles were a little. Not were not my favorite part of the game, but they weren't terrible. But like I just say, they could have been handled a little better. Yeah, I think if I if I had to complain about something, that would probably be what I would say too. Is that in Ada's puzzles, and that's about it. Um, so ratings. You want to you guys want to do ratings and get into questions? Yeah, let's rock and roll. Uh, All right, uh, Willie. From what you've played, because I know you still need to go. What would you like to give it? Or are you going to just roll whatever you haven't played enough yet to give it a rating? I mean. I didn't want to go first on this one, but, um, you know, I really liked it a lot. Um, I do think that the, I have the weirdest complaint about this one too, which I, I don't know, did not get into earlier, but, um, something about the game is so video gamey that sometimes it knocks me a little out of the horror. <laughs> like you're running around a police station, but you're collecting medallions and statues <laughs> and stuff like yeah. that. And it does get a little bit like 1980s adventure yeah. game at times. Why does this police um, station have uh, card symbols like for door keys? Like, why is that <laughs> a thing? Like, you need the the club key to get into this or the diamond key. I get you. Yeah. I get you. And I mean, if it, I guess they do try to explain it a little bit by saying like it was built on a uh, an old art museum or whatever. But that really doesn't explain anything. Actually, actually. like, why are the fuse boxes like the fuses chess pieces? <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. It's- <laughs> It is. It's slightly ridiculous, but it's ridiculous in a fun way. I don't know. I liked it, and I think that ultimately, like, this is a horror game that feels good to play, and even though I don't actually enjoy the survival horror gameplay mechanics that much, I still just really enjoyed how well put together the game is. So I'm going to go ahead and give this one, like, eight and a half, while saying that I think if you actually like the genre, probably more than that. Fair enough, fair enough. Nate, what about you, bud? I think that <clears throat> this game is going to be the standard we hold all horror games to moving forward. Um, For sure. 
the complaints that I had were very minimal and small in comparison to everything that I absolutely loved about this game. Like I thought it was beautiful. I thought the animations were really good. Um, the sound design was eerie as hell and well put together. I enjoyed all my time with the game, even though it put me through a lot of stress. Like I've mentioned to you, fellas, I'm just thankful I didn't have Resident Evil dreams like I did Talos Principal dreams. <laughs> <laughs> um, but going from there, I think I will give this game the mightily high rating of a nine and a half liquors out of ten tyrants. Oh, yeah. Word up. Word up. And it feels really good to give a rating that high after this little while. Yeah, right. Yeah. This uh this is gonna be a very highly rated game then in our in our list of games. Um I would be curious to know what's the game we rated the highest so far. Um Well we've given a perfect ten out to both portal games. That's right. Yeah. So it's been portal, so that's like the standard to at as far as those go. Didn't we all also, give a ten to Yakuza Zero too, I feel like? I think also Yakuza Zero. Oh well go- see, I'm glad you guys have a memory that is way better than mine. <laughs> Um, I, like I said, I beat the campaign of this one game three times. Um, it sparked me to then dive into the other games and play them. Um, I think that it did atmosphere perfectly. I think it did like this is the whole survival horror. There's a reason that resident evil is like the household name of survival horror, you know? And this was them just whipping out their big dick and being like, this is what our new engine can do with your old favorite yeah and resident evil 2 the original being the original king of survival horror and then they come out with this like i said dong swinging like we can still do it and then they brought in the new standard of survival horror this game gets a fucking 10 from me dude this game is a 10 out of 10 zombified dogs because (laughs) we didn't bring those up but like fuck those dogs (laughs) those dogs. I think the only reason I gave this the lowest score out of all this is just because I think I don't like this genre very much at all, to be honest. I don't think I enjoy survival horror. I still thought this was an incredibly just fantastically crafted. Yeah, that says that eight and a half says a lot from Willie. Yeah. And and Willie, I would almost um put forward that you could enjoy games like this maybe like me and Nate did uh, Plague Tale where it's like you don't necessarily like the gameplay and doing it but sitting there and watching yeah. a let's play of it and getting just the story is very engrossing yeah. you know so because I feel like Plague Tale is the game we played the least that we have some of the most positive positive feelings still about because we didn't actually play it yeah because <laughs> yeah. I would have been miserable putting the 20 something hours into that game <laughs> Yeah, but watching it in a, just like the sitting or whatever yeah, was fantastic. Exactly. Was like, what is going on here? All right. Um, Very good ratings yeah. for that one. Pretty happy. Yeah. I made it. I did a good do host some, pick. Uh, Yay! <laughs> yeah, you, you did, did good. Yeah. You did good. We're we're proud of you, bro. <laughs> um, so you want to do questions and then Willie's host pick? Yes. Let's let's rock and roll. All right. All right. This one comes in from Adam. Favorite Resident Evil character? I feel like Dalton has the most experience on this one. Um, I'm going to say, if I can't say Leon, because Leon's definitely my favorite at the moment, it would be the truck driver from the beginning of this game. Yeah. (laughs) 
In that case, my favorite character is definitely the uh, dude under the security <laughs> door that got split in half. <laughs> Absolute. He did his best. Dalton, you probably have the most serious answer, having played the most Resident Evil out of all of us. <laughs> I was going to say, it's actually uh, at the moment, and I know there's more games to play with Leon in it and things like that. Um, but at the moment, dude, it's a toss-up between Claire and Jill Valentine. Nice. Like, I just, I feel like Resident Evil does really, like, strong female leads really well. Just very good to see because like yeah i have i had no notes or complaints about how um claire was handled in this game yeah my my thing was like there's there's jill there's claire there even annette birkin ada Ada. yeah they're all badass the only one who's like a damsel is a child yeah and they're allowed to be damsels (laughs) like in distress like yeah so yeah uh yeah claire or jill at the moment all right next one also from adam is what is your honest opinion of Resident Evil movies? Hello. Oh, can I go first sure. on this yeah. one? Because I actually, I did see Resident Evil Apocalypse in theaters for some okay. reason. Like, a bunch of my friends were just going to watch that, so I went and watched it, and I thought, oh, this is going to suck ass, but um, I actually really enjoyed it a lot better than I thought I was going to, and I think that was, like, one of the best examples of going into a movie thinking it's going to suck ass and just enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. Because, like, if I thought it was going to be a great movie, I was going to be probably pissed off by it. But I was like, oh, this is going to be trash. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm having fun. <laughs> fun fact about that movie. That movie's soundtrack, I got it for Christmas sometime. And uh, I got... <laughs> I'm leaving that in. I'm leaving that in. But I got the soundtrack for Christmas. And that actually introduced me to um, Devil Driver and CKY. Oh, nice. I definitely was introduced to CKY by Tony Hawk. <laughs> well, well, here was the thing is I didn't realize that that was CK. I, I knew Bernadette Durr or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Bernadette Durr. <laughs> I knew that song, but I didn't really know who it was. And then I heard uh, on that soundtrack was their song Escape from Hellview, which is like the only other CKY song I knew <laughs> other than that 96 Quiet Bitter Beings. Yeah. But... I was like, man, this guitar tone sounds familiar because they have a very distinct way their guitars sound. And then I heard his voice and I'm like, man, that sounds familiar too. Is that the... Da-da-da-da? And then I looked it up. Sure enough, yes, it was. Nice. And then it's like, oh, and that's also Bam Margera's brother is the drummer and all this kind of stuff. It was like so many of my worlds were connecting at one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't remember which uh, one that I had seen, but I did see one of the Resident Evil movies. It did not stick with me, but I don't remember hating it as much as I thought I should. <laughs> I I liked them. Like, they were just, like, for... They weren't anything to do with the games. It was kind of like the Final Fantasy movie. You know, it didn't have anything to do with the games. Mm-hmm. But I appreciated it for what it was. It could have been worth... It, it could have been an Uwe Boll. Yeah, no shit, dude. Yeah. Good God. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> we all had that reaction when Willie said Uwe Boll. <laughs> Yeah, dude, that oh, guy, that um, fucking guy. <laughs> All right, but the uh, the real quick, the first that first Resident Evil movie, the only memory I have of that one because I did see Apocalypse and the third one in theaters. But the first one, I just remember that AI little girl looking at them and going, "You're all going to die down here in the <laughs> lab," and it's so <laughs> creepy. <laughs> yeah, at the time, I guess <laughs> I don't know. I 
Oh yeah, yeah, I was a kid when that came out, so it was it was it was very creepy to yeah. me back then. Now I'm like, whoa, look at that CG. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this next one's from Adam, and this one's a bit of a stumper for me because I can't think of any. Um, what are the best books based on a video game series? Literally cannot think of a book based on a video game. I can't think of like a, a fiction book adaptation of a video game that I would want to read. But one I really do want to get around to is obviously I really want to read Masters of mm-hmm. Doom, which was a story about the development of uh, Doom that basically tells a lot about the... Uh, what was all going on in the id studios at yeah. the time um i know there's probably a wide series of halo based books i would assume there's a ton yeah. of halo books but the yeah. one that i can kind of think of that's based on video games in a roundabout way is ready player 1 and that book sucked so i don't know <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't i tried to read it and it really really it honest to god just read like an absolute amateur author's fanfic was just published because they did not realize it was literally just all references and nothing else. <laughs> Dalton um, is looking around sorry, trying to find something fans. to say. There's I I had a I don't think I had a paper bag. Like the other way around works. Like The Witcher is based on the books yeah. and it's a good yeah. video game. I I think I remember having a copy of the novelization of the Super Mario Brothers movie based on the video game Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can get into like Worlds of Power. Adam, of how about this? Why don't you tell us your favorite book based on a video game in the Discord? <laughs> well, so I've I've got a book that's based on Shroud of the Avatar that uh, Richard Garriott wrote to kind of do the backstory of that game. Mm. But no, I, I used to have, I was looking on my shelf because I used to have a paper paperback novelization of Diablo. Oh, nice. <laughs> so that's what I was going to say. And I was going to grab it if I could see it, but I don't see it. So I don't know if it's in a box or if I just don't have it anymore. But I definitely at one point had a paperback and it just had the cover of Diablo on it. It was a fucking book. Gotcha. It's my Diablo in a box. <laughs> All right. This next one also is from Adam. He says, what games are you going to get day one or soon after by the end of the year? It's a good question for this episode since we are including the um, video game news we talked about. For me, it, excuse me, is Sonic Superstars. I'm just super stoked for that one, man. Starfield. (laughs) Starfield, 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 Starfield. Yeah. Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. I don't got nothing. You know, I'm waiting for reviews. That makes sense. Uh, The one I was going to get pretty soon was Tears of the Kingdom, and I haven't played enough of it, but it's, yeah, it definitely lived up to the Mm -hmm. hype. So, there's Mm -hmm. that. Then, similar vein from Master Loot, what are your most exciting games coming from the recent game announcement? Sonic Superstars. Dalton is going to say Starfield. (laughs) Starfield, and uh, I'm very interested in Avowed, because I found out today that Avowed uh, takes place in the world of Pillars of Eternity, mm. which is a isometric CRPG. So now they're doing a first-person RPG, Obsidian uh, style, in that world. And I'm just like, oh, worlds are colliding, and I love that shit. I will say one more, though. that Two more from those game announcements we talked about earlier that I'm really looking forward to that aren't like a dragon. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm really stoked... Oddly enough, for the one we talked about called My Friendly Neighborhood, it looks super funny and interesting and campy in all the right ways. Yeah, and absolutely. The other one, I just want to yeah. know more about this, is Sandland, because that game looks super interesting. 
for sure. I think, like I said, I think I said this on the news thing. I think Sandland's based on a manga, yeah, or an anime or something. I know, yeah, but I want to know about the gameplay because I couldn't care about watching whatever the source material is <laughs> if the game has a good narrative and the gameplay. I want to know the gameplay of it, man, real bad. Yeah, and uh, also uh, the Talos Principle too. Yeah, I'm. I'm oh yeah, for, for sure. Hell yeah. All right. Will, did you have any specific ones that you wanted to throw out there? Nothing that I didn't already mention Perfect. during this segment. So the next one also from Master Loot. Is it safe to call Persona 5 a franchise? I mean, at this point. Yeah, I think it is. It's Because you have Persona 5 Royal, Persona 5 Strikers, Persona 5 Tic Tacs. I mean... <laughs> I think there are characters from that in Persona 2Q also. So they're, they're just, yeah, Persona, Persona Q2, yeah. So there's just so much that Persona 5 is doing these days that I think it qualifies on its own much in the same way that Final Fantasy 7 qualifies as its own franchise. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's fair. I mean, it's it's amazing to me that Persona is a spinoff of Shin Megami Tensei, right. which itself was a spinoff of Megami Tensei. <laughs> and it's just, uh, I love it. <clears throat> All right. And this one comes in from Dane. And I had to give this one actually a little bit of thought because the way he worded it made me th- feel a little bit differently about it, honestly. Um, it's how do you feel about the influx of remakes over the past few years? Do you lean more on the making classics accessible with a modern coat of paint side, or we're out of original ideas, so take this nostalgia bomb and give us your money? I would say it's a, it's a good combo of both. Um, because they're absolutely cashing in on nostalgia when they do things like that. But also, at the point of life that we're in now, these people that are working for these companies played those games growing up. So there is like a seed of love in them. And that's why most of the remakes, and I'll say most, not all, most of them have been really fucking good, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that just credits to the updating the design. We've all, it's resident evil, a great example, dude, it's hard to go back tank controls is as much as I was used to them when I was a kid going back to them now, is not easy yeah so the fact that they updated that made it more accessible made it more playable made it prettier but it didn't change the the heart and soul of the game and i think that's where it gets interesting like with the final fantasy 7 thing where they're changing that whole thing up right that's a whole other beast right but when you're doing something like this or the trials of mana when they brought it in from 2d to 3d um or even the 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 that one remake that's never coming out dragon quest 3 <laughs> It looks amazing, but the heart of the game is still there. And I think that's really what counts in the end to me personally is like if the core gameplay is still what it's supposed to be, but they just made it look better, then let it be a nostalgia bomb. I don't care. They can have my money. Nostalgia feels good. Yeah. And I think that this game is a perfect example of why I'm not as against remakes as I think I would have been because like I played this game, had a great time. This is now my favorite horror game, period. If I tried to have played Resident Evil 2, the original version today, I would have noped out in like 20 minutes. So it's yeah. just one of those things I think like, yeah, they did make this game accessible for a new audience in me, it, just by myself. And I like, can you imagine a 18-year-old going back and playing Resident Evil 2 now, the original? I mean, come on. 
Yeah. No. Yeah, and then on the other hand too, if you think about it even deeper than that, like you give them that foothold into the series and they may make them curious to go check out the originals. How many people started playing Doom 1993 because of Doom 2016, you know? Like I really do think that there is a reason to extend the series out in nostalgic ways while allowing, you know, them to become new things like i don't think that's a problem at all yeah because here's a truth bomb for you too i am going to play all of um yakuza 3 when we get to it and that game has not been updated in the way that one and two have with the kiwamis i would not probably be doing that if i hadn't enjoyed the ones that i've played so much as much as i have yeah 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 for sure um and willie i'm curious with as much as you love Doom 1 and 2, if they were to release a remake of those in the new Doom graphical engine, but the layouts were the same, guns, placements, and all of that were exactly where you knew that they were supposed to be, but it just had this incredibly new, fresh coat of paint, how like how would you feel about that? It wouldn't really work, because, I mean, the new Doom engine is an entirely different game design. Like, the arena-based combat of the new games is not the same. Like, it wouldn't really work. Like, but I'm not saying that as a purist of the original games. I'm just saying, like, you really do need to use the three-dimensionality of a, uh, of the modern Doom, you know, if you wanted to make things work out. Whereas, like, the lack of room over room, things like that. Like, I do think, I do think that the original Doom layouts would fall flat in 2016, you know, style combat. And similarly, I think that if you tried to port 2016 arenas straight up to a classic Doom, they wouldn't quite work out either. You got to use the strengths of what you got. Fair enough. Fair enough. Jinx. (laughs) It's like, you know, I I appreciate chess and I appreciate mixed martial arts, but you can't have the exact same fighting. You know? I like that metaphor. All right. So we'll head on to the next one from Dane. And Dane, you're making me learn things. I had to Google this to know what the hell you were even talking about. Um, do you think Ludo narrative dissonance, aka games mechanics conflicting with story themes, is actually a thing that matters or a buzzword that game critics like to throw around to sound smart? And when I Googled this, one of the, and I can see why you asked it on this episode, very smart, one of the games that got brought up was Resident Evil and how, like, your characters are getting bit by zombies and showing no risk of infections and things like that. Um, I did have that. I did, I did notice that when I was yeah. playing. I'm like, you, here's the thing. You definitely got bit. How bad would this game have sucked if you had to worry about that while you played through it? Like, I, I get the concept and I get where it comes from. And I think in some instances it might make a difference. But, like, in a game like this in particular, I would think it would make it a worse game if we went so far into that Ludo narrative dissonance where everything actually could not have the Ludo narrative dissonance at all to make it more storyline um, focused. I don't know exactly the way I'm trying to word this. You don't want it to become The Walking Dead. The right. Show. So, yeah. like, I think that some Ludo narrative dissonance is actually a good thing in video games. Um, and I do think it's a word that critics like to throw around to sound smart because that's stupid. <laughs> it, it, but it also makes me think of the point that Willie had earlier, where you're playing this game and it's very horrific and everything. And then you are doing a, a puzzle with chess pieces. 
that like work the electronic thing. So I, I get what it's saying, but like I, like you said, at at that point, it's becoming a zombie apocalypse simulator. Mm-hmm. And there's a thing to be said about hyper realism too, where if everything becomes so hyper realistic, everything is going to become the same. I yeah. don't want that to happen in video games. I want to still play a video game. Yeah. I like some fantasy. Yeah, I think I'm the one in this that tends to uh, approach games from the most like game critic-y type format. Like, I think I'm definitely the guy on this thing that says things like, you know, diegetic interface and shit like that. <laughs> so like, you know, I, I definitely have some sympathy towards that approach to game design and all that. But on the other hand, like, Ultimately, a game is still a game, and you do have to accept that there's definitely going to be some little narrative dissonance inherent in games as a storytelling medium just because a game cannot possibly capture every intent of a player. Like, what if I wanted this guy to punch out a window, but he can't punch out the window because it's literally not an interactable object or whatever? Well, I go, oh, well, this game is broken because I should have been able to punch out that window and leave it in the first room of the game or whatever. Like, I they can't possibly account for all eventualities. That's just not realistic in game development. And um, I don't know. Well, I do think that it is definitely a thing that, uh, you know, like, I think narrative Dissonance is a real thing. Like, for sure, like, I didn't really get into the story of San Andreas for uh, much because I kind of played CJ the same way I played every other uh, Grand Theft Auto protagonist as a absolute just blood freaky, bloodlust freak or whatever. And he acts all morality about his stuff. And he's like, oh, we can't let him sell hard drugs in the neighborhood. And I'm like, dude, I just had you shoot like 900 cops. <laughs> and it's like that... It is a thing that does exist, but there, there's it's there's a balance to be struck. I feel, and I, it, the the as all buzzwords go, it can be used to just make completely nonsense, you know, criticisms of games that don't apply, like the little narrative dissonance of Tetris, <laughs> where the gravity is not acceleration based, but rather a constant. Like you know, you, can fuck off. <laughs> you know, just like. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, man. Eventually, you have to accept that a game is a game. It's not real, and it's, yeah, you know, fiction is fiction, and there's still the suspension of disbelief inherent in fiction. Even wrestling. Yeah, especially, yeah. I think wrestling has a very similar Yeah, actually, that's a very good comparison. Like, there's definitely the, the stylistic things, where it's like, I, an Irish whip should not work the way it does in wrestling physically. That's not how reality <laughs> works, but we accept it as a style convention of wrestling, yeah. you know? Yeah. And again, and I think that that's something we also deal with in gaming as a uh, narrative. Uh, and Ray Mysterio would not be able to hurricane Ron Kevin Nash. He would just get straight power bombed. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. And pile drivers would kill people. <laughs> The tombstone <laughs> would have a real reason for its name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. This that's that was a really good discussion. Thanks, Dane. Uh, this next one comes in from Jeff. What's a game you were looking forward to talking about this year? I have three. Okay. Yakuza Kiwami Two, because I'm sure we're going to get to that at some point. Yeah. Um, Persona Five Royal, which we'll touch on at the end of the year, and Trails in the Sky Second Chapter. Uh, two of those were my answer. 
Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I feel like all, all of those are definitely yeah. common. I, you know? I think that's just that's just it, Jeff. Those are the ones that yeah, have been top the- of mind for a while for all of us for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Like we know it's coming. It's just when exactly. it's coming. Yeah. But when it's coming, you'll never see. Ah. Oh. <laughs> all right. Yeah. This next one from Team Retro. Final Fantasy 16. It's not out till next week. But tell me how you really feel. I mean, personally, I think it looks awesome. Um, it's a PlayStation exclusive for a while, though. So, womp womp. you know, I, 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 that, that'll be one that I'll definitely be looking at reviews for because I'm going to have to. I'm yeah. going to have to wait. <laughs> totally. So, yeah, I haven't played a Final Fantasy game since 10, so I have no real opinion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm excited. To, I'm excited for what I've seen in the trailers and all that. I love the idea that they're bringing the summons yeah. into the main plot. You know, that's always something I think is really cool. One of the most striking parts of the final fantasy franchise so you know i I have high hopes but i won't be able to play it for a while so we'll see all right so team retro we've covered this question what new releases for 2023 are you looking forward to this year we've said a lot about that that's basically (laughs) and team retro we also said what announcements we're excited about from summer games fest (laughs) so we'll skip that one too but this next one makes me i'm like what I'm kind of confused by this one, too. From Team Retro, what was the last handwritten book you enjoyed? What do you mean, handwritten book? <laughs> Does he mean just, like, I have like to... a physical book? Yeah, I think he must mean printed book. Like, not, like, literally written Okay, because I was like, I don't think I've literally ever read a handwritten book. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the last book I enjoyed... I used to read like 50 books a year and I have fallen off of that very, very hard. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel a little bit bad about that too. Cause I was going to say like the last few books I've read have mostly been like nonfiction. Like, I don't know what the last like story I've read <laughs> was even. I, uh, I have a book by my bed right now. Uh, I don't know if you guys can see it like right there. It's called The Pawn, and uh, Brandy let me borrow it. She said it's really good, and um, I'm like, uh, I'm only a couple chapters in. I just read a little bit before bed, you know what I mean? But like, the uh, the opening of it, ridiculous, drew me right in. So it's like a suspense thriller mm-hmm. type book. So I'll report back whenever I finish it. Cool. Yeah, the last book I finished was in October, and it was The Hellbound Heart by Clive Barker. Uh, which you already which I have I remember that yep so yeah it's been a while since I've read a book my bad (laughs) most of the books I've read have been like chess books and computer programming books and things like that I don't know what the last fiction I read was I need to I need to get back into my reading habits like I used to read so many books (laughs) y'all all right and this one is directly for me from Team Retro Nate how the heck do you make money in Tears of the Kingdom? I'm struggling worse than I ever did in Breath of the Wild. Mining for gems. That is the main thing that I do to make money in this game. Like, and it's easier than it was in um, Breath of the Wild 2 because you can craft weapons and, like, attach a boulder to your weapon and just takes one hit to, to destroy an ore deposit. And then you can get 
multiple like things like rubies and sapphires worth hundreds of rupees and sell them all at once. Like it's literally just spend some time mining. You'll have more money than you know what to do with if you just go and sell it. Like it doesn't take long to make money. Just got to put in a little bit of time for it. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. And then this one also from Team Retro. We have two questions left. This one's from Team Retro. Digital or physical? I don't care. <laughs> you know, this is funny. Is like last last session. I feel like I was like really bagging on physical releases and saying like all I care about is having the software. But to be honest, I did go out of my way to make sure I picked up a physical copy of Tears of the Kingdom just because I wanted to be absolutely certain about it. So I guess um, there is something about getting a physical copy of a big release. So I don't yeah. know. That's eh. I would say ultimately, largely, I prefer having a digital library, but uh, there is something that's kind of reassuring about, you know, having Mm -hmm. this physical tape or card or whatever that'll last forever. Um, For me, I'm a collector of retro video games, so of course I love my physical games, but at the same time, you cannot deny the convenience of having a Steam library with 300-something games that you can just access anytime you want to. Like, it's freaking wonderful. So, like, I think practically digital is way better, in all honesty. But I do love me collecting some physical games. Can you imagine if I had to find a spot on the shelf (laughs) for every fucking game that I own? (laughs) Oh, my God. This would be the Dalton's Warehouse podcast instead of the Machine podcast. (laughs) For sure. Right. And the last question, which I really liked Jeff's answer for this question, by the way, is what's your plan of action if Steam ever deletes your account for whatever reason? So I know what you're referencing with Jeff. Yeah. And it's funny because my first thought was, well, I would rebrand the show as the GOG Complex. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we would just play games on GOG. I mean, we, we're going to play games on GOG anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but it would just be, that would be the, the okay, fuck you, Steam. Um, and then I would probably also hire a lawyer and see if I couldn't get my, I don't know, $8,000 back. Yeah. <laughs> For the record, Jeff's exact answer was the Epic GOG Machine podcast, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, but for me, it's like, I'd be getting that damn account back one way or the other because like, I spent money here. You have no right to take it away from me. Smiles. Yeah. yeah, you're not Nintendo. What the fuck? <laughs> Come on. And Willie? I, yeah, I would be, yeah, you'd be on the phone with, with Gabe Newell at some point. <laughs> I'm calling Gabe and himself. We're doing this. <laughs> Listen, either give us Half Life 3 or give him my fucking Steam. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You can have your Steam back. Because <laughs> you know you're never getting Half Life 3. <laughs> you're never getting Half Life 3. <laughs> Just like we're never getting Elder Scrolls right. 6. Oh, come on. <laughs> All right. It's okay. Star- Starfield will hopefully hold me over. There you go. All right. All right. Well, then. That does it for questions. We into, uh, before we get into house cleaning, then. Willie. Yep. My good sir. It is your choice. It is your turn. Um, and before, while I let you let it simmer, listeners. There is a poll up for our next fan-picked game. This is going to be your final stretch to go and vote on that. Oh, I know what I'm picking. I'm just trying to uh, get you guys both a copy of it real quick. Oh, word. Uh, This is unexpected. This is very unexpected. Well, so while I'm 
<clears throat> so go vote because right now the winner on the poll so far is Morrowind. Um, but following close behind Morrowind is Arcanum Steam of Steamwork and Magic Obscura and Civilization Five. So if you want to, or if you want to go and vote for Nosferatu Wrath of the Malachi Divinity Two Developers Cut, whatever you want, go vote. Get your votes in. We like to see those numbers go up. Makes us feel good that people are um, engaged. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. <clears throat> Community engagement. All right, Willie. What is uh? What is your game, my good sir? He's working on it. Oh, okay. I can I can vamp. That's cool. Um. <coughs> Well, we can go ahead and run run through the the stuffs then, and we can just end on Willie's note. And then, so if if you would like to join the Discord, come check us out at bit.ly/tsmpdiscord, all capital letters. That's where all of the shenanigans go down. We would love to have you. It's also where you can come vote on the poll for that I was just referencing. Uh, if you would like to check out the website, which is up to date thanks to one Dane, Mister Puzzles Dane himself. Uh, bit.ly slash the steam machine podcast just capitalize that phonetically patreon if you'd like to donate the show which would mean a shitload it literally helps me pay my insurance so this is like i love you guys for that it helps <laughs> it helps this this show is a part of my income um patreon.com slash the steam machine podcast and if you donate ten dollars or more you can get your name read out on each and every episode like these wonderful individuals nate sir cogsworth the seventh of juniper jeff the original expendable mr syllables old jeffy lube himself erisa adam shout out to his blog in the discord revival and extinction james the steam machine hall monitor hall team retrogue go check him out on youtube mr puzzles dane himself and shad the mad lad schaefer thank you all very very much it does mean the world to me um us i should say it means the world to us uh shout out to yaz pod you know the bs podcast shout out to jrpg report if you'd like to get a shirt tsmpproductions.threadless.com if you want to check out some of my music you can go to now the nightmare.bandcamp.com and hey while you're at it why not go to youtube search for dalton Suter and uh throw me a like and subscribe and leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts um on iTunes, leave us a rating and review. On Spotify, leave us a rating. Really, really, really helps. Um, appreciate it. And we love you guys. And that just leaves Willie's game for us. So I'm going to claim this code. Yep. Go ahead and look at the code in the uh, recording chat. I'll snap. Let me put this a- in. Game a- activate product on Steam. They've updated the format on Steam. Yes, they did. Oh, interesting. All right, activate product. Paste that. Delete that. Sorry, I copied all the text from that message when I tried the two. (laughs) (laughs) You ding dong. Waiting for Dalton to get his surprise. This is, uh, what is this? Delete that. Oh, all right. Hold on. Let me go to the Steam store. Mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. Oh, fucking righteous. I'm so down. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. So our next game will be a uh, retro-style boomer shooter that came out in the last couple of years, developed by the people from New Blood Studios. This game is called Dusk. Hell yeah. All right. 
This looks yeah, dope. I was going to say, this looks awesome. And it's got really good reviews. It's very uh, Quake-inspired, uh, Quake and the soundtrack is by Andrew Holschult, who also did uh, a lot of uh, stuff, including the uh, music for the uh, Elder, or the Ancient Gods DLC for Doom Sweet. Eternal. Okay. Well, this trailer... Boy, this trailer is fast-paced. My goodness, look at that. Yeah. If you if you if you liked Quake, I think you guys Hell would yeah, like man. this. So that's what I'm hoping. Looks for. awesome. I'm excited. Hell yeah! Well, dude, you took me by surprise. Same. This is not what I thought you were going to pick. I thought for sure I knew. What you I, mean, were I did too. I really thought I knew. What did you guys think? I thought we were going to too. Yeah. <laughs> that was very close <laughs> to it. But oh, you can interact with the toilet. That was the end of the trailer. You can interact <laughs> with the toilet. I'm sold. Dusk is going to be badass. Let's do it. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Well, I've already run through the stuff. So then I guess that just leaves for the Destructo Bros. I'm Dalton Suter. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, Resident Evil, take it easy.